Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, two arrested after knife-point robberies at Bedfordshire shops. BBC set to scrap remainder of Top Gear series and seatbelt clamped down by police forces. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. Robbers have targeted corner shops and off-licences in the evenings, stealing money, cigarettes and alcohol. More from Barry Caffrey. Bedfordshire police say the two have been questioned questioned by police and released on bail with certain conditions to adhere to. But the force says these arrests are just one of a number of lines of inquiry that they're following. One of the shop owners was robbed three times in the 11 days and says he is now forced to close his shop early because he is so worried. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. Clarkson has been suspended, but more than 125,000 people have signed an online petition calling on the corporation to reinstate him. Top Gear is one of the world's best-known programmes, but Daisy Goodwin, who makes Channel 4's Grand Designs, says the BBC needs to be firm. Great presenters make programmes. On the other hand... I think that a broadcaster can never allow the talent to get bigger than the programmes. And I think there's a point at which the BBC has to, you know, enough's enough. Because actually, I think that in the end, the BBC's reputation is more important than one piece of talent. Plans for a new rail link between Heathrow and the proposed HS2 high-speed rail line have been scrapped. South Bucks District Council say the government's decision will significantly reduce the blight for many of their residents. An injured man had to be cut free by firefighters after a two-car collision in Hanslope near Milton Keynes last night. The emergency services were called just before 9.30 to Long Street Road in the Buckinghamshire village. Traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. It's part of a Europe-wide campaign, as Ewan Duncan reports. Thames Valley Police says random checks will take place at all times of the day and night. Drivers or passengers who aren't wearing a seatbelt could be offered advice or be issued with a fixed penalty notice or even a summons to attend court. Bedfordshire Police says it's focusing on the issue for the whole of March and yesterday tweeted a picture of some drugs officers found in a vehicle, having initially pulled the driver over for not wearing a seatbelt. MPs are expected to vote today in favour of plain standardised packaging for cigarettes. The new packets will have health warnings and the brand name in small type. They're likely to be in shops by next year. The family of injured Watford fan Nick Cruis say they're truly overwhelmed by the response to his plight. The father of two from Hemel Hempstead remains critically ill after being attacked after Watford's match at Wolves on Saturday. An online appeal has now raised over £22,000. Nick's brother Chris posted a message on the site thanking everyone for their support. In sport, Chelsea host Paris Saint-Germain tonight in the second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie. It was one all in Paris. The weather, a bright start, but cloud will thicken, bringing some rain this afternoon. A maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. OK, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. Here we go. <clears throat> Lovely day.
Да-да-да. I'll try again tomorrow. I will not be beaten by Withers. I will not wither in the icy stare of Withers. Withers is gonna get ya. Withers is gonna get ya. He ain't gonna get me. I am ta- taking Withers down. Quick question, Catherine. Is Bill Withers still alive? Is, still, is Bill Withers still with us? <laughs> Sublime. Is Withers with us? I'll check. Okay. Because if he's not, that makes me the ultimate winner. Kelly? Yes, he is. Oh, man. He's winning on so many levels. Withers is with us. That's genius. Five points to boil. Oh, I should probably open the computer that tells me what's on the show today. I know there's a nonsense story about seatbelts, but let's see the amusing way that Catherine's written all this down in word form. Give me a second. Knives, seatbelts, dealy. That's all you need to know. I mean, Lee, you probably need to know that as well, actually. All of that, unless. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC. Emmy with us. Radio. I'm joined by some of the hottest totty on radio. Catherine Boyle and Kelly Betts. Good morning, girls. And I've got to say, whoa, whoa, you're looking. Hot ladies this morning. Look at those Good morning, Ian. eyes. You look butters as always. Aye. Always a pleasure you to see your butters I'm, face. I'm old enough to be your slightly older brother. I oh, think you need to uh, cut down on the coffee and the cheese. I think that you guys are looking mighty fine. And let's just say I'd be proud to walk down the street with both you girls on my arms, you pretty little things. Oh, yeah! You're the ladies! What number do we call? Well, I think after yesterday's trouser drop, <laughs> and now this, we... You are the ladies! Justin, I think you'd agree with me that the girls on the team are looking pretty fine today. Uh, yeah, pretty hot. Smoking hot. Ouch! I would like to walk down the street with you girls on my arms! Why? Somebody get a fire extinguisher. These girls are hot. Those girls are hot. They're on fire. Let's spray them with the fire extinguisher because they are so hot. It's not legal to be working with women that hot. (laughs) And do you know what, Justin? Do you know what? As well as being hot, they smell nice. Yeah. Uh, they smell like a lovely rose garden. Unfortunately, I'm not that close. No, no, I'm, I can't smell it. There's soundproof glass between us, but I'm imagining they smell absolutely delightful. <laughs> and do you know what, Justin? They're actually quite good at their jobs as well. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're quite good okay. at their jobs yeah. today. Mm. Ladies, you probably thought I was being sexy. Well, I am. Are you done? Uh, <laughs> have you got that song for me? No. What? what? Then what? I don't know what. What am I? Sp- oh, take it I back. knew you were Dealey. just stalling. Dealey, listen it. to this. Yeah. Desktop jukebox. Down. What? Down. Down. What tune are you after, boss? Jan, Jan and Dean. Dean. Yep. Little old lady from, from Pasadena. Pasadena. Yep. That should be in my folder. Thank you, Justin. That's okay. Yeah. 
Bedfordshire police are appealing for information after eight knife-point shop robberies in the space of just ten days. One of the businesses in Luton has been targeted three times. Its owner, Shinoi Joseph, told our reporter Tony Fisher it's made him afraid to work alone. We, we are working and earning money and they're just uh, you know, getting into the shop and just you know, making so much money. And they're putting our life in danger. And now we are, we are not comfortable working alone. We are scared. Do, do you fear for your future working in shops, or you, do you? Yeah, definitely. Until maybe the uh, police get them, I I really don't want to work alone. Well, Dealey's got more on this. What's going on, Just? Well, as you say, Ian, um, there's been a total of eight knife-point robberies over the past 11 days. Now, two of those robberies happened at the same shop. I went to the shop yesterday. It's the Kensworth Supermarket. It's run by Mr Sabre Kumar. Now, he's had £600 stolen, cigarettes and, and alcohol, and I asked him how these robberies have affected him. Yeah, I'm stay, stayed there. I, I got the panic as well. I got no proper sleeping all the time, think about myself. I don't know any coming robbery any time. Police coming every half an hour today, every day coming, you don't look around all the time anyway. But still, we are panic for that. Any time they're coming, how many times they just ask for some panic alarm for myself, anything, you can press the button. Well, he sounds very nervous, mm. as as you would be under yeah. the circumstances. Definitely. I mean, when I walked into the shop yesterday, he just looked, he looked scared, and you can't blame him. Two robberies in six days. But yeah. We spoke about the slip-end robbery last week. Now, this was where two men fought off the, the robbers. Oh, with the cricket bat? Yeah. 
Yeah, with a with a plastic cricket. Plastic cricket bat, yeah. Now the CCTV of the robbery at Kensworth is on our Facebook page. Now Mr. Saber Kumar quite literally stood back and he he let the men go into the till and take the cigarettes and the alcohol. So I asked him for his thoughts on on why he didn't fight back. Um, we are thinking about my life in border. I don't mind, mind about the money. If it's 300 or 500,000, doesn't matter. Whatever they can take it, but it's my life important thing. Yeah. That's why, yeah, we, we, can, we can't do anything. If we come back again, what can I do? We can call the 999. That's it. We can't do anything like that. Uh, well, that's what that gentleman is saying. What are the police saying? Oh, Justin, sorry, I had your fader close. What are the police saying? Bedfordshire police say that two people have been arrested in connection with the robberies. Now, they have been uh, questioned by the police and they've been released on bail with certain conditions to adhere to, but the force reiterate that this is just one of a number of lines of inquiries they are currently following up. If anybody has information, they would like those people to come forward. And it certainly appears that, you know, at the moment, um, these robberies are, are carrying on and hopefully something can be done to, to end them. Oh, Justin, there's so much I want to do with you this morning. Oh, yeah, so much. I want to use and indeed use and abuse. abuse you. Come on. Well, there's, there's a couple of things. First things first, this show, as you know, is getting behind Electro Velvet mm. 110%. The Eurovision. The Eurovision entry. Oh, Kelly, I've got something to send you as well. I, don't worry, do, do this. Sorry, just thinking out loud. We are getting behind it 100%, OK? Yeah, yeah. Terrible story in the papers today. There's going to be a, a celebration 60 years of Eurovision. 60 years? Yeah. OK. There's a, celebra- a special show, OK, to celebrate this. Um, so who do you think... Name some of the, the British Eurovision acts that you think would be invited to not only attend, but perform yeah. at this special 60th anniversary. Well, I think we'd have probably, what, Sandy Shaw? First one. Yeah. She's not invited. What? She is not... This is the story in the oh, papers. The first on. one you named is not invited. Well, that is disgusting. It is um, disgusting. Secondly, Bucks Fizz. Well, Bucks Fizz are probably better. It's page 11 of the, of the mail. Snubbed. Sandy, 68, who now looks a bit like Kathy Burke. Hmm. Uh, is barred from BBC's Eurovision TV show. I love Sandy Shaw. She was the barefooted 60s singer who brought home Britain's first ever Eurovision title. But the 68-year-old claims she's been snubbed by the BBC, which has not invited her to take part in a concert called Eurovision's Greatest Hits. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You, you might as well cancel the thing now. What is the point in having Euro- a Eurovision party without Sandy? I'm gen- genuinely furious. Yeah. Well, uh, there's that one that you could take to the streets. Yep. There's also this. And this pops up every now and then. I don't understand this. Bad news, chaps. Chivalry's another kind of sexism. Oh, if you're the sort of man on. who holds the door open for a lady, uh, then be warned. Such, such acts of chivalry may actually be benevolent sexism. No. And do you know what? I'm always going to be holding open doors for the ladies out there. And nothing, I repeat, nothing is going to stop me from doing that because I, sir, am a gentleman. Justin, do you want to take it to the streets? Yes, boss. Speak to you before seven. Thank you, you, mate. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the CCTV cameras on the A1M and it's moving fine at the moment. There are some roadworks though between Junction 1 for the M25 and Junction 2 for Wellham Green which could cause things to slow down there later on this morning. In Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road it's looking very slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and in High Wycombe on the A404 Marlow Hill there's some temporary traffic lights there just before Marlow Road but they're not causing any delays at the moment near the Leisure Centre. On the trains, East Midlands trains are reporting 20 minute delays between Leicester and St. 
Pancras International. That's because of a broken down freight train between Leicester and Market Harbour. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.16, it is Wednesday, the 11th... What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't mess with my, my heads. Leave my heads alone. Don't throw paper at me. Get on that that microphone, please. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton in South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. Bear that in mind, Boyle. We could have a fracas at any point this morning. I would kill you. And traffic police across the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio is about and for the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. It's the most creative radio station that I've ever known with the most creative people. Everyone loves what they do first and foremost and everyone feels and knows the responsibility they have, like the audience that they're talking to. We've always been at the heart of the community. I'm not ashamed to say we are a local radio station. It's because we cater for so many things. I'm a Luton Town fan, I can get my commentary. If I want great soul music, I can listen to Tony. If I want consumer advice, it's Jonathan. The people who stuff, are making the radio on and off air, people are just so very, very dedicated, very hard-working. We're not scared to try anything. Something we all take great pride in. We want it to sound like a good station, and I think that comes across on air. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still smarting at Justin Dealey's um, refusal to mention, to big me up there. In many ways, you're getting the Sandy Shaw treatment now. Can you believe she's not been invited to perform at the, uh, the 60th Eurovision concert? Two words, outrage. Um, uh, it, it's the BBC. It's the BBC. So that, that, that has negated everything that was good there. Bet Scooter there. I bet Scooter there. I bet Gemini there. Gemini, nice kids. Probably old people now, probably older than me now. They weren't at the time I met them. But Sandy Short. Look, she does look like um, Kathy Burt now. Hang on, let me show you the picture. Have a look. Have a look. Oh, yeah, a bit. She doesn't show it. I like I think it. that's what um, Kate Moss will end up looking like. No, she, 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 I think she's brilliant, Sandy Shaw. Mm-hmm. Also, BBC, old women. Just a little remi- reminder, nay, a warning to you, Catherine. They don't like old women. OK. So, um... I, I like them. Yeah. Oh, you mean me. Yeah, 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 that's right. So, you've probably got, what, another six months? And then... See ya. One old woman we do like, though, is this one from Pasadena. It's the Lily from Pasadena.
obsessed with Jan and Dean. They are the weirdest band. And that has got the best rhyming couplet in. She's going to get a ticket now, sooner or later, because she can't keep her foot off the accelerator. Such a weird band. Well, let's just hope that when the little old lady was driving around at high speeds from Pasadena... She was wearing her seatbelt. There probably wasn't that legislation then. There probably wasn't. There are parts of America where um, uh, you're allowed... I'm guessing it's still the case. You, you can use your mobile phone quite freely whilst mm-hmm. driving around. Most of America. Um, anyway, seatbelts is what we're discussing because you might get a, a cheeky little tap on your window from the police officers uh, this week to check whether you're wearing your seatbelt. To check whether you're wearing your seatbelt. Now, apart from some really old people what don't care, and my boys who try and take their seatbelt off every opportunity, and boy, do they get short shrift, and do I slam the brakes on not too hard, they go flying, but just hard enough. Um, Surely most people do. Catherine, uh, this is a really weird campaign. Uh, What is it about? It's a European campaign involving random checks on cars to ensure that drivers and passengers are wearing their seatbelts. Local police forces will be involved. Thames Valley Police say random checks will take place during the daytime and throughout the night until March the 15th. Uh, During the Thames Valley Force's last campaign, 744 motorists were dealt with for failing to wear their seatbelts. So it would seem that maybe it's not just... Uh, old people uh, who do you have remember to, the days when you didn't have to wear them. Do you have to wear your seatbelt in the back? Yeah. Legally? Yeah. Le- is that the law? Yeah, and I believe... The driver gets in trouble. The driver's the one that's got the responsibility to make sure everyone's... You actually up. have to wear your seatbelt in the back? Okay. Bedfordshire police say they'll be focusing on this for the whole of March. They're taking it even further. A spokeswoman told us it will be giving people advice and guidance incorporated into a months-long focus on wearing seatbelts. Yesterday, the force tweeted a picture of some drugs that officers found in a vehicle that they pulled over because the driver wasn't wearing a seatbelt. They say that sometimes uh, naughty people start with small naughtiness and end up with big naughtiness. Well, you're not saying that the lack of seatbelts is a gateway to drugs. Guys, can I just give a tip to all drug dealers and drug users out there? Wear a flipping seatbelt. Don't drive like a plum. Don't drive like a plum. They're going to pull you over if you've not got a seatbelt and they're going to find uh, your hang stash. Hang on a minute, we're giving them the secrets. Don't wear your seatbelt and drive like a plum in front of a police officer. What are the punishments for not wearing a seatbelt? What, apart from death and serious injury? Yeah. Each force will have its own strategy for applying different punishments. You liked that one, didn't you? Yeah. You liked that. I wrote that one myself. I added that bit in. Each force will have its own strategy for applying different punishments. Uh, Thames Valley Police says drivers or passengers who aren't wearing a seatbelt could be offered advice. Or issued with a fixed penalty notice, or even a summons to attend court. But come on, we all know we all know that we have to wear seatbelts now, don't we? I remember when it was brought in as a law. I remember you didn't have to. I remember being a kid, I could climb all over the car. We'd go and sit in my mum's lap, then climb in the back, and then hang out in the middle by the handbrake. We used to sit in my uh, the back of my uh, auntie's transit and fight over who was going to sit on the wheel arch. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It wasn't, wasn't safe, though. But people know about this now, don't they? Don't they? Well, not according to Thames Valley Police. They say recent survey findings show seven in every ten people own up to breaking traffic laws. Not really mentioning seatbelts there. Yep. Uh, with some sections of the public feeling that there is a lack of police enforcement for road traffic offences. Sergeant Chris Appleby from Thames Valley and Hampshire's Joint Road Policing Unit says this campaign's another example of the determination and continuous commitment of Thames Valley Police to tackle the important safety issues which lead to the death and misery within our communities. Drivers and passengers who choose to break the law will be prosecuted. I would suggest it's a shame that that commitment didn't extend to coming on and talking to us in person about it. <laughs> you totally pwned the police. Thanks, man. Now, um, uh, Kelly. Yes. Uh, Elliot sent us in a little bit of audio, yep. which I've not heard. Mm-hmm. 
I've sent it to you. Yes. Is it clean? Yeah. Is it good? It's absolutely brilliant. Is it brilliant? The first bit's a bit like, um, what's this? And then it kicks in, and then it's like... <sighs> Should we just play it? Yeah. All right. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine, Kelly, Bet, Ian, Lee, and Justin Daly. Catherine, Kelly, Bet, Ian, Lee, and Justin Daly. Dave, I like mushy peas. Sorry, I like mushy peas. I beg your pudding. I'm gonna murder Ian Lee. Sorry. I'm going to murder Ian Lee. Dennis, what's that between your legs? Buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Dennis, what's that between your legs? Buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Catherine. Kelly. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. Sing it to the audience loud and clear. Sing it to the audience so they can hear. Yo, we're wow. Down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Sing it to the audience loud and clear. Sing it to the audience so they can hear. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. <laughs> That's Elliot Barnes. Elliot, thank you. He sent such a lovely email. Um, uh, and he, he, he said some really nice things, which I shan't, I shan't uh, inflate our ego with. And he says, after hearing Dave's edit of Catherine and Kelly's version of Wow, I decided to give it a go myself. I can honestly say it was the most fun mashup project I've ever undertaken, and I hope you find it somewhat fun to listen to. Uh, and then he goes to ask us um, about a song, and that's the intro-outro by the Bonzos. Uh, it, that was brilliant. That was so good. I love that, Elliot. Thank you. Oh, do you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll play that again at half past eight for everyone that missed it. Thank you very much, Elliot. Can we play again now? No! You're <laughs> excited, because it turns out that, wow, actually could have been contenders. It had legs. It also turns out that if, if there is someone with a bit of musical know-how and talent, they can make any old crap sound good. <laughs> Can't if they? If only they'd been in that garage in if the 80s. only. Uh, Elliot, that is brilliant. If you want to have a go at doing something... Something, you know, half as good as that. Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are no major delays showing up on the motorways that all seem to be moving fine on the cameras on the M1 in both directions and the M25. There's roadworks on the A1M in both directions between Junction 1 for the M25 and 2 for Wellham Green though, so that could cause delays later on with speed limits of 50 miles an hour. In Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road it's looking slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Hartford on Cross Lane there's roadworks going on so there's a lane closed for roadworks at the Junction for North Road which is likely to cause some delays too. On the Trains East Midlands trains are reporting 20 minute delays between Leicester and St Pancras International because of a broken down freight train. But having a look at the departure boards, there are no major delays showing up there at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. 08459 455 555. Do you want to express your outrage at Sandy Shaw being excluded from the Eurovision celebrations? And also, it's not sexist to open a door for birds, is it? 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. Police say this is just one of several lines of inquiry. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Sri Lankan batsman Kumar Sangakkara has made cricket history at the World Cup, becoming the first player to make four successive one-day international centuries. After tons against Bangladesh, England and Australia, Sangakkara's latest century has come against Scotland. He was eventually out for 124. Sri Lanka a short while ago, 268 for four. Chelsea hosts Paris Saint-Germain tonight in the second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie. It was one all in Paris. Jose Mourinho says winning the League Cup since then isn't a factor. I think it doesn't affect competition that we won, competition that is finished. Also the FA Cup uh, finished for us for different reasons. So now we have uh, the Premier League and the Champions League to to concentrate and uh, we are going to try to be in the quarterfinal. Holders Real Madrid are through just 5-4 on aggregate despite losing 4-3 at home to the German side Schalke last night. The Wolves player Bakary Sacco has had his red card against Watford on Saturday rescinded. Sacco was involved in an incident with Fernando Forestieri which resulted in the Hornets player falling to the floor clutching his face. In Conference South last night Bishop Stortford beat Staines 2-1. In the Southern League Premier Biggleswade lost 2-1 at home to Poole. And it's day two of Racing's Cheltenham Festival. The last two winners of the Queen Mother Champion Chase are due to line up again in the feature race today but after four winners yesterday the Irish trainer Willie Mullins also has one of the favourites Champagne Fever. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at 7. Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Elliot, thank you for that. We'll play that again uh, about half past six. What have we got in the papers, Kath? Pictures of women with haircuts. Pictures of women! With haircuts. Made my life so... What paper have you got? Uh, Daily Mail. Here's one. Yeah. Girl of four stopped by police. Why? Oh, oh, Why? Oh, 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 Why? This is a good one. For riding her bike on the pavement. Hey! To most eyes, she was just a little girl doing no harm to anyone as she made her way to school with her father. But to the local police, Sophie Lindley was a law-breaking menace because she was riding her bike on the pavement. Yep, yep. An officer stopped the four-year-old and threatened to confiscate the purple <laughs> bike. She's fitted with stabilisers if she didn't get off and walk. Sophie from Grantham in Lincolnshire was wearing a helmet and her father Dale was holding a lead attached to the bicycle as she rode to school. So coppers are, are making sure that we are wearing seatbelts and they are bullying four-year-olds. Great work, guys. Well, I mean, she should have been on the road, obviously, with a, a little purple bike. Great work, guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and stabilisers. For heaven's sake, come on. Former soldier Mr Lindley, this is the dad. Not messing. Yeah. At first I thought he was joking, but he looked deadly serious. I said, you must be kidding. What do you want me to do? Make her ride on the busy road? It's rush hour. Just shrugged and said, she must get off the bike and walk. And I'm <laughs> going to sit here and make sure you don't put her back on it. If you do, I'll confiscate the bike. I was gobsmacked. What a twit. What a nana. But then the police the police did apologise at a, at a later junction in time. But, um, um, duh. Silly sausage. Hey, this is good. Um, Burger King has stopped, which now delivers, by the way, uh, 
Yeah, depending where you are. Not, Burger not King. around here, it doesn't No, they'll start soon. They'll start no, soon. No, they won't. Burger King has stopped selling fizzy drinks with kids' meals. Why? To help tackle obesity. I suggest it's not the fizzy pop. Maybe it's the burgers. It's the burgers. Instead, the children's menu will offer milk, 100% apple juice and low-fat chocolate milk. How about this? Let parents control what their kids eat. And if it's a treat, it's a treat. Soft drinks, such as Coke, will still be available with the meals, but not actively promoted. All right. So can I get a kiddies meal? Uh, would you want milk with that? Set? No, can I still get a Coke? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have one of those, please. It's a shame they don't do beer like on the continent, isn't it? Veal? Beer. What? You can get a beer in McDonald's. I'll tell you what I hate, and I've never got this, and I think anyone that drinks it, I genuinely think they are a pervert. I've got a friend that drinks this, and I think he's, I think he's a pervert. I know what you're going to say. Ginger beer. Oh. And root beer. Yeah. Ginger, ginger beer, now. Yes. Yes, Catherine. Ginger beer. Kelly, come closer. Come closer. Come, ke- come closer. <laughs> Catherine's going to tell us Let me tell you something about ginger beer. Yes. Ginger beer on its own, bleh. I mm. drank it when I was pregnant. Mm. Um, so ginger beer with a baby in your stomach works? It's not a real beer. It's not a real baby? It was a real baby. Well, it's a real beer. No, it wasn't a real beer. But it stopped me throwing up. But when I was pregnant, I went to a wedding and they'd made these things with ginger beer and lime cordial. It was flipping delicious. Go on, clear, clear that out. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, who wants to... <laughs> Kelly, you're like this. Hello. What are you doing today? Working. Do you want to take the day off? I can't. Take got, the day off. I've got to go to Hitchin as Come well. To, forget Hitchin. Come to Ireland with me and let's get off our mash legally yeah that's right island of Mu- this is an incredible story ecstasy crystal meth and magic mushrooms are legal in ireland Ooh. for 48 hours only following a legal blunder kath well people have scott people Kells, yeah I'm, I'm in people just have, people have often gone to mum people have often gone to ireland for the crack no, it's a different crack. That's spelt um, C R. Do you want to oh. write this down? Yeah. Here you go. Here's a pen. C C R R. I'm spelling it to you, so I do the letters first. Then you A. Yeah. Write it. I am. I. Yeah. C. So it's spelt crake. Crake, but it's crack. It's crack. And it doesn't mean crack. It means I'm having a little bit of fun here. So you can be a crack dealer in Ireland and not get arrested for well, it. Both counts, yes now. In two days' time, only one of those counts. Oh. A section of its drug act was yesterday found to be unlawful, which inadvertently legalized the possession, but not sale, oh. of some Class A drugs. 125 drugs remain illegal. Oh, so no cannabis, heroin or cocaine, but we can take ecstasy, crystal meth, and indeed, the magic mushrooms. What about the crack? Can I just... No. Can I just say for all of those um, people uh, who are listening who like a good complaint or work for uh, local uh, newspapers, uh, that is, of course, a joke. Irony. I've been told off for saying balls on air. I've said said balls By whom? By Jill. Okay, Jill. Ian, at the start of the show, you said balls, a mild profanity. You often use mild swear words. Please don't. There are younger ears listening, and it is nit really right. Is balls a swear? Don't take drugs, kids, and don't say balls. There we go. Okay, thanks very much indeed. What you got in the papers before you have a little bit of Elvis? Uh, A headmaster has criticised a sweet shop. Why? For selling sweets? No. No. Well, yes. For opening at 7.30am on weekdays after pupils became hyperactive from eating sugary snacks on their way to school. Dan Philpotts from the South Nottinghamshire Academy in Radcliffe on Trent... Dan Philpotts. 
Does he? Yeah. What, in his spare time? Uh, has asked parents to boycott the sweet cottage which opened just 440 yards away on February the 28th. He said it's crazy. Students have been coming in late and becoming hyperactive and causing disruption. Oh, God. Sugar rush. Uh, Again, I refer you to the parents. The son, Horn B Models. Oh. Rail fans snap up bonking figures. What? Model railways are getting steamy with figures of people having... Cheeky buffs are sourcing up their trackside scenery with models in rude poses. Show me a picture. Don't get much ruder than that. Oh. They've actually had to censor it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It's, so it's like, you know, the little figures you get at the side of train track. They're like little Sabutio figures, but without the curved bottoms. Well, although. Um, and they're um, um, nudie. One set has a peeping Tom staring at two protesting nude women sunbathers. So, um, that's a sex crime. Another has a couple romping on a desk and one is of a naked elf. The 18 figures, priced at £3 for one or £16 for a set of six, are made by German firm Noch. Oh, yes, of course they are. German. Have nothing to do with Hornby Railways. No. They just made a cheap joke. <clears throat> People make out model railways are boring, but they're not. They are. They are. They're really boring. You you took a, a breath in there. You were going to say something. I just despair for the Germans. Yeah, well, Germans. Baby, getting closer. The lights are going dim. The sound of your breathing has made the mood I'm in. I can feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it, Way down where the music plays, way down like a tidal wave, way down where the fire plays, way down, way on down, way on down. Ooh, my head is spinning. Can. 
And this 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 um that rears its ugly little head every now and then. Old people having it away. Can in your seventies boost brain power? Well, I mean, a good life in later life won't just improve your mood; it could also boost your brain power. A Dutch study, it would be. Of course, it would has found the more satisfied a person was with their love life in their 60s and 70s, the sharper their mind and the better their memory. Where did I put it? Oh, there. I, I didn't mean it to sound like that. I bet it did. I didn't I genuinely did. After researchers quizzed more than 1,700 men and women about life, the volunteers, who ranged in age from 58 to 98... Well, that's a big... ..were put through a battery of mental tests. Right. Those who were satisfied with their life did better on the tests. Yeah, but they might have been the 50-odd-year-olds. Hmm. I just think it's disgusting. Honestly, I just think it's absolutely disgusting. It, it just Stuff like that, it just makes your stomach churn. What, they should just do a crossword or Sudoku or whatever? Word yeah. search. I don't get Sudoku. I don't understand... I don't like... The... It's magic number squares, isn't it? Yeah, I don't understand the rules. you just got to put numbers in. Well, who judges you? Yourself. There's only one judge. The big guy. Do they put answers in the back? Coins. Oh. They, do they put answers in the back? Because um, I'd just cheat. I, I, I never got the fun of the word search. I quite like a word search. Why? Um, it's like a magic eye. It looks like mm. a hazy mess, and then all of a sudden, boom, no, you can see the words. No, mate, it sucks. What you got? Um, no, it's your turn. I just did the old people. We'll do another one, won't right. I? Because you've only just given me the newspaper. Look out, gardeners! Look out, gardeners! Not only is your hobby dead boring, but there is an invasion coming of the six-inch super slog. Can I stop you there? I'm not allowed to do that voice anymore. It's my, just my Manchester voice. It's well, not a JS. Well, it sounds like him. Giant cannibal slugs will wreak a trail of destruction. And How big is six inches? That? Flipping heck. Imagine a slug. That You're going to need a lot of salt. Two mild winters have created perfect conditions. Is winter over now? I think so. I've seen some croci. What are the chances of snow? Slim but possible. We'll okay. live on an island. I've lied to my boys then. Two mild winters have created perfect conditions for Spanish slugs. Oh! An aggressive species. Excuse me, very windy pops. This, this story is creating havoc with my, um, my lung. Oh. Which grows up to six inches long. The species... Which is species, which has been recorded feeding on dead mice and meat, and can withstand up to twenty slug pellets. Also, devour garden plants. Doctor Ian Bedford says, if this warm weather continues and we do not have any cold spells before May, we could see very high numbers of the Spanish slug this year. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I think we need a breather. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's starting to look busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And looking at the speed sensors on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's building up between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. In Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, it's slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on the A1 southbound as well, there are queues building up between Rowley Lane at the Holiday Inn and Barnet Lane at the Stirling Corner. On the A421 Standing Way in Milton Keynes, there's roadworks around the Kingston roundabout, so expect delays there later on. 
Armstrong. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Six forty-five. It is uh, Wednesday, the eleventh of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past eleven days. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. And traffic police across the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. We'll speak to Dealey in a bit. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a chilly start for some this morning, but most places remain frost-free. There may be a sparkle or two in a sheltered spot, but it's a fairly clear start. We have got some sunshine around this morning, some bright spells. Same measure, though, we have a little bit of mist and fog, which has only just started to develop, so don't be too surprised if you run into a patch of that. But some sunshine this morning. It's not going to last, though, however. As we head into the afternoon, you'll notice the cloud increasing from the west and then really towards the end of the afternoon we'll see the rain arrive some light patchy rain really as we head past three o'clock onwards some patchy rain moving eastwards and that's going to continue through the rush hour this evening it will disappear though leaving cloud behind it so uh, the temperature's fairly protected overnight a bit of mist and fog possible as well uh, which means a misty and murky start tomorrow the minimum down to around six celsius so compared to the last few nights reasonably mild so a murky start for thursday we we may start to see a bit of brightness as we head through tomorrow afternoon as some air from the continent just starts to break the cloud up. The maximum temperature, though, getting up to 12 Celsius. That's your forecast. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. It starts off with going to a needle exchange and there's support workers in there. In that treatment centre, it still hadn't got to the nub of the problem. It hadn't, no. But there is a way you can hear it all again. Lee from Luton began drinking at the age of 12. I'd wake up in the morning, the first thing on my mind would be a drink. drink. bbc.co.uk slash threecountiesradio. My dad came to see me on that prison sentence and um, he told me he was dying of terminal cancer and he wanted to make things right before he died. He took me back into his home. He'd done his best and um, the bottom line was I, I still couldn't stop using drugs. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. What you missed. bbc.co.uk slash threecountiesradio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly? Yes, mate. Can I call you Smelly Kelly? No. Okay. <clears throat> Always best to check these things. Yeah. Never check with my nicknames. Just do them. Boily in the bag? Mm. Boily on the bum? Oh, don't. Don't tell me back to school. Back to school. Go. Go. The RSPCA secretly seized oh. and had a pig put down, despite the fact it was its owner's only companion. It says here, Robert Skinner, my pig was my only companion. Can we get deals? Yeah. D- deals yeah. on wheels. Yeah. Oh, thanks, just, wait, just waiting for him to dial. So. Thank, thanks, Manny Kelly. D- this no. sounds as what? if... No. OK. Just this sounds as if, a, like, a crack squad of RSPCA officers in Balaclava stole in in the night and, and whipped this pig out. But when you read on, the pig had terminal cancer yeah. and the owner hadn't taken it to the vet because he thought the vet would put the animal down. So he must have had a suspicion it was quite serious and he was treating it with, you know, just um, washing the wound. Oh. So, I mean, I guess the, the question that this 
the subject raises is uh, should it be your right to torture your animals? Well, I, that's that's a little bit harsh on this gentleman. It, he's not been banned from looking after animals. Yes, he's had a one thousand pounds and one thousand and fifteen pounds fine. And his pig put down. And he's had his pig put down. He loved the pig. And it's a very, very beautiful pig. Sometimes love can make you do terrible things. Here's the thing. You mentioned balaclavas. I've brought my balaclava in today. I know. A little bit of cheeky fun. I might wear it. Might, might wear it. If we, have we got any guests coming in the studio? No, but we're going to a girls' school later. OK, I might wear it there. I won't wear it there. Um, and we were going to film... What are you crackling? Pen. That's my pen, mate. You lent it to me. We were f- going to film, Justin. Yes. Uh, a little bit of... We film little vines that, that tell people what's coming up in the show. Mm. Very informative. Great. Yeah, good bands. Um, and I was going to film, like, like a vine coming up in the show, and then it was going to cut for a split second to a, a masked man in a balaclava, then cut back. Yeah. Catherine bottled it. Why? Well, I just got thinking about... You know, some people have got it in for us. Yeah. And there are some mm. know, newspaper journalists who listen on the off chance that the BBC... Well, people will... who work in newspapers. <laughs> OK. That some people listen out to, to cause trouble. Yeah. I just thought if you put a black balaclava on in these times of um, terrible terrorism, we might be attracting the wrong kind of attention. See, I never made the connection between that balaclava and terrorism. No. I, the, the connection to me is the 70s. Yeah. I mean... Let's face it, they do look a bit scary, but... Oh, you were terrified when you turned around and saw me in it. I was terrified for a second because it it shocks me, but a lot of people in the winter, and we have discussed this before, and even some MPs, even some local MPs have balaclavas to keep themselves warm. Yes, exactly. Shuka's got one. Yeah, but not with just your eye holes and your mouth out. That's, that's standard terrorist gear. Yeah, because Poor the terrorists, they, they have taken over the balaclava and a lot of people in this country, they are not happy about no. that because that they're meant to keep us warm. So looking at it that way, people should be allowed to still wear their balaclavas without offending people. Even the creepy ones with the cut-out eyes and mouth. Yeah, but if people, if people are going to be using I, them to keep warm, what's the issue? I would never walk down the street mm. wearing that balaclava. No. I, I wouldn't do You'd that. you get tasered. Smelly, what do you reckon? Kelly, sorry, that was in a slip. I'm not answering it unless you call me by my name. Can I th- get back to you on that one? Nope. Oh, gosh. A bit tense. I would never walk down the street wearing one of those. What would you do, Ms. Betts? Yeah, I would wear one. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Bring back the balaclava. Mm-hmm. Dealey. Yes. I see you've uh, well, you've 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 uh, you freestyled. I'm out on the streets this morning, yeah. and people are furious. Um, you mentioned this about what 35 minutes ago that there's big Eurovision party happening, this 60th anniversary party, yep. and incredibly, Sandy Shaw, the Queen of Eurovision, yep. has not been invited. You're furious about this. I'm genuinely furious. Yeah, about absolutely, it. because she is a big, big star of Eurovision. Without yeah. Sandy Shaw, there is no Eurovision well, for me. Yes. Well, when, when you, if I went onto the streets and I said, "Name me some Eurovision acts," Abba. she would be. I think Sandy Shaw would be number one. No, I'm she would. I think she would. No. I think she would. Well, would you, okay, let's find out. Hmm. Do that. Okay, I'll do it for later on. But uh, first of all, I've been asking people. And don't do that thing where you give them a bit of paper with what to say. No, I, I would never ever do such a thing. I've been getting reaction this morning to the yeah. fact that Sandy Shaw has not been invited to yeah. the big Eurovision party. Here's what people have had to say. Sandy Shaw. Yes. She's not been invited to the 60th anniversary Eurovision party. How does that make you feel, considering she won it for us? 
So well, she won it, yeah, that's, that's about all for England. Well, Britain or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she should be there, shouldn't she? Should be, yeah. Yeah, with her bare feet. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? That is. Thank you. Bye. As a big Eurovision party, all the big stars that have won it in the past, Sandy Shaw has not been invited. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm not interested, to be honest with you. It's the biggest load of rubbish ever. Yeah, but Sandy Shaw's not been invited. She should be there, though, shouldn't she? Oh, well, been well. Sir, you're from Greece. Let's get the Greece perspective. Sandy Shaw has not been invited to the Eurovision 60th anniversary party. Is that disgusting? Yeah. And did you listen to Kenny G to get you in the mood for, for this Wednesday? Yes. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Cheers. Thank you. Catherine spotted your obvious mistake there with the second fella. Go on. Should have asked him about Lulu. Well, it's all about Sandy Shaw today. It's all about Sandy. <laughs> OK. People I, are not happy. Justin, mm. uh, do the chivalry thing, but yep. also please, and make sure you get a picture, mm. Do uh, uh, go up to people and uh, ask them what the first thing they think of uh, when you, they, you say Eurovision, yep. then the second, yep. then the third, and get all the way down <laughs> to the 17th when they might say Sandy Shaw. I'm convinced. I am convinced this so morning wrong. people will say Sandy Shaw. Lulu did do one, didn't she? She did. Uh, we had Lulu, also uh, Sir Cliff was involved, of course, Bucks Fizz. Loads of different acts over the years, but I think Sandy Shaw, because uh, of the iconic thing of going onto the stage and taking her shoes off, I think a lot of people will remember that. Weren't we um, easily entertained in the 60s? Now, now um, <laughs> yes. uh, Miley Cyrus is showing us, uh, uh, you know, behind. Everything, yeah. Everything's coming off. What was Lulu's song? Oh, did she do? Did she do one? She was involved. She did yes. one. I think. I think she. Somebody will, will will correct me. I'm sure, but I think the year that that, that she entered Eurovision, there was three winners. There was three people who I won know it. She did. Mm. Boom bang a bang. Boom bang a bang. Boom bang a bang. Boom bang a bang. Justin, speak later. Take care, boss. Ta-ra. After being away quite some time I never be here Thinking I've been loving him alone How can I say I don't want him to be mine He trusted me, I know it's true I broke that trust of someone new
shunned by this corporation, what we do work for, which I'm ashamed to say I work for. Maybe you should put her shoes back on. We are fully behind, uh, I've decided, we are fully behind uh, Electro Velvet. Can and I distance myself from No, 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 no. Are... You should get them on um, introducing. I'm busy. Sorry? I'm busy. No. Mm. They're probably really busy. They're yeah, probably just they're busy. Don't they're get them busy. on. They're local and vocal. They're a local unsigned band. They're busy. Have you checked? Yeah. I thought you were busy. They're, we're all busy. They're proper busy. This is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound starting to build up between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. It's also looking slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. In Chesant on the A10 southbound it's starting to look slow between the Great Cambridge Road at the New River Trading Estate towards the M25 and on the A1 Great North Road southbound it's starting to build up around the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there. But looking at the train departure boards there are no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, this is exciting. You remember yesterday, Justin was telling us a story of, well, potential breakdown in a relationship. The Star Wars guy. Well, he's just che- tweeted and said, I've left her smiling this morning. Star Wars guy lives another day. Good for him. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, two arrested after knife-point shop robberies. BBC set to scrap rest of Top Gear series and police clamping down on drivers without seatbelts. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. Police say this is just one of several lines of inquiry. One of the shops targeted in Luton has been robbed three times. The owner, Shinor Joseph, says he's scared to work alone. We, we are working and earning money and they're just uh, you know, getting into the shop and just you know, making so much money and they're putting our life in danger and now we are, we are not comfortable working alone. We are scared. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. Clarkson has been suspended, but more than 125,000 people have signed an online petition calling on the corporation to reinstate him. Top Gear is one of the world's best-known programmes. Chris Curtis is the editor of Broadcast magazine. In May, he said that he'd been given a final warning by the BBC and logic dictates that if you've had a final warning, and you uh, find yourself in hot water again, then you're in deep trouble. I think it's fair to say that Jeremy Clarkson's future with with Top Gear and the BBC is in the balance. Plans for a new rail link between Heathrow and the proposed HS2 high-speed rail line have been scrapped. South Bucks District Council say the government's decision will significantly reduce the blight for many of their residents. An injured man had to be cut free by firefighters after a two-car collision in Hanslope near Milton Keynes last night. The emergency services were called just before 9.30 to Longstreet Road in the Buckinghamshire village.
Traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. It's part of a Europe-wide campaign. More from you and Duncan. Thames Valley Police says random checks will take place at all times of the day and night. Drivers or passengers who aren't wearing a seatbelt could be offered advice or be issued with a fixed penalty notice or even a summons to attend court. Bedfordshire Police says it's focusing on the issue for the whole of March and yesterday tweeted a picture of some drugs officers found in a vehicle having initially pulled the driver over for not wearing a seatbelt. MPs are expected to vote today in favour of plain, standardised packaging for cigarettes. The new packets will have health warnings and the brand name in small type. They're likely to be in shops by next year. The family of injured Watford fan Nick Cruis say they're truly overwhelmed by the response to his plight. The father of two from Hemel Hempstead remains critically ill after being attacked after Watford's match at Wolves on Saturday. An online appeal has now raised over £22,000. Nick's brother Chris posted a message on the site thanking everyone for their support. In sport, the Sri Lankan batsman Kumar Sangakkara has made cricket history at the World Cup, becoming the first player to make four successive one-day international centuries. Sangakkara's latest century has come against Scotland. The weather, a bright start, but cloud will thicken, bringing some rain this afternoon. A maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Knife point robberies. The police checking sure that you're wearing your seatbelt. Making sure, checking. Outrage as Sandy Shaw is excluded from the Eurovision 60th birthday party. And it's that old one that pops up every now and then. Jeremy Clark. No, not Jeremy Clarkson. Britain's greatest entertainer. Apparently opening the door for a woman or offering your seat is sexist. I don't know why we bother anymore. Why do we bother anymore? If you want to take part in the show, you can text in and stuff, and that's great. Bop, 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 bop. In the words of Ricky Spendless... If you don't call in, I'm going to quit. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So, we've had, is Bill Withers with us? Mm. Thomas says, is Bobby Brown bread? Oh. We're doing, we're doing kind of, I don't know how you describe it, celebrity death puns. Yes. I mean, it's, it's morbid, but, I mean, if you guys want to run with it, it's, it's certainly probably... Did Alan Cark it? Beautiful. It's a good one, isn't it? Wow. It's a tough one. It's not as, it's not as accessible as um, yesterday's Eartha Kitt, Gary Glitter and Miles Hunt game. And I'm not going to go into any more detail than that as, as we got told off. Um, but it's still certainly a lot of fun. Celebrity death puns. 81333, start your text 3CR. Have we got any texts for the moment? We've not, not really been... Not really. The same person sent various kind of rude and abusive ones <laughs> over and over, so it's stuck oh, Wednesday morning. Give, give us one of the rude ones. Go uh, on. Uh, no, I can't be bothered. Oh, dear. Really? Do you want... Yeah, give us a rude one. They don't really one. make any sense. Give us a rude one. It's someone amusing himself. That's fine if they want to pay for that. Uh, I get 10 pence for every text that gets sent through, so thank okay. you. OK, so these are all from Chris Stroke J. 
Okay. Uh, and they're all sent like within two, three minutes of each other yeah. over and over. Uh, while you are waiting to get a proper job, mention Clarkson should get the sack. And anyone who signed the online no. petition, shame on you, guess no. you are like Clarkson Brainless. Well, first of all, I, I'm glad you brought up Clarkson because I was kind of thinking we should talk about it, but I didn't know how to get it in. But Jay, Chris, thank you. Um, do you know what happened? Because I don't know what happened. Do you know what happened, I know Chris? the rumours. Well, yeah, but Chris, Jay, do you know what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. So what, what's the point of even ruminating? And also, I don't like Clarkson. I don't find him funny. I've, I've only ever seen bits of Top Gear. I don't enjoy the act. But he is one of the most talented performers this country has ever produced. He is brilliant. I don't like what he does, but that does not detract from his brilliance. He's brilliant. He's, he's, I would say he's a borderline genius. OK. Next one. Yes, please. Ian, while you wait for proper employment, there's that. OK, that. yeah. I'm self-employed, but thank you. Let's discuss the pending general election and pros and cons of staying within the EU. Oh. Personally, I think, and this was with an, with an F, oh. the UK can't afford to stay in the U EU. OK, that's really boring. I mean, if you can't even spell the word think, I don't know where that leaves us. I think he's done it on purpose. Here's another one. OK. I hope this one, this is, let's hope this one's better, because these have been pee-poor at the moment. Pee-poor. Ian. Hello. Different opener this time. Why don't the community and council install CCTV along street oh. robbery hotspots? Oh. Well, that's if our Muslim friends don't get paranoid, LOL. Jay, always funny to... Um, stuff like that. <laughs> I don't get it. Jay, listen, I tell you what, um, I do get 10 pence for every text you send in, so thank you. There's 30 pence in my pocket. Give us a call, mate, and we'll have a chat. I'll wait four five nine four double five five double five. Thank you. And thank you for bringing up Clarkson, um, because I didn't quite know how to get it in, and uh, now we've got it in. Bedfordshire Police are investigating a spate of eight knife-point shop robberies in the space of just ten days. Two people have been arrested and bailed, while officers chase several other lines of inquiry. Well, our reporter, Tony Fisher, spoke to Shinoy Joseph, one of the shop owners whose business in Albert Street in Luton was targeted three times in a week. I was there for the first two times, and uh, what happened is a robots came, and first time they had a knife, and they actually threatened my friend to open the till, but uh, we ran away from the shop, and they took some bottles and cigarettes. And the second time, I was alone and they just came into the sh uh, till and I was f uh, feeling crisp so I was not in the till so they just came into the till and used one chocolate bar to open the till and took money and cigarette. How much money did they take? More than thousand pounds I guess mm. uh, and uh, Borderland cigarettes maybe worth a hundred or mm. two hundred. And what about the third time? I was not there so I'm not aware of Anything. And this is a spate of, uh, there's been about eight uh, robberies on, on different stores. Uh, you've been uh, targeted three times. How do you feel about that? We, we are working and earning money and they're just, uh, you know, getting into the shop and just, you know, making so much money. And they're putting our life in danger. And now we are, we are not comfortable working alone. Well, we'll speak to the police after 8 o'clock, but first of all, we can uh, hear from Ian Cording, who's the chairman of the Bedfordshire branch of the Federation of Small Businesses. Morning, Ian. Oh, good morning to you, Ian. How, how concerning are these robberies? Um, they're increasingly concerning, and, and this latest spate, um, which all tightly grouped together, you know, um, just shows us that uh, 
that this sort of crime is on the increase, and it's very, very concerning, particularly um, with these smaller shopkeepers who um, are working on incredibly tight margins at the moment and uh, quite clearly started to live in fear of attacks such as this. Well, there's, there's two things to this that I can see, Ian. First of all, you're right, that they are working on tight margins, so there's the profit factor. But also, it must be terrifying. If it's just you or you and one other person working in a shop and some thugs burst in with knives, I can't imagine how frightening that must be. It, it, it's totally shocking, and it's a sad reflection of, of the way our society seems to have gone in, in, in recent years. Um, yeah, my, my empathy with these people, I say empathy, I've not had personal experience of this, but to be constantly and increasingly um, concerned, it, it must prey on their mind. And I think, sadly, uh, and I know certainly in my local area in uh, Castle Road up in Bedford here, um, one of our local provision shops, probably very similar to the one in Kensworth, serving a local community, is now up for sale. Now, that was subjected to two robberies last year. And whilst it's not been said, I think the... Um, it's a case of, well, you know, we just cannot cope with this. Um, and, and sadly, we are going to see a loss of a lot of our local facilities, I believe, as a consequence. What needs to be done, Ian? I mean, we heard you say the shop there that got robbed twice last year. There's a shop here that's been robbed three times in a few days. What needs to be done? It's, it's a very difficult situation because quite clearly... Uh, and our, our, our sort of evidence shows from questionnaires that we do, and, and that's polling membership, so it's not catching everybody. But we've identified that only about 30% of the small business owners in that kind of trade, in that kind of retail uh, area, actually engage with their, um, with, with, with their local police forces, their crime prevention advice people and such as that. So in many ways, the small business, because it's so focused on running its businesses, isn't necessarily reaching out to the help that is actually there available for them. You mentioned the tight margins, Ian. Uh, I, I suspect that some people think these people are raking it in, but but it's, it's not like that at all, is it? No, it's not. And I mean, if you look at if you look at the margins on retail, the way that the larger operators and you know we all know who they are um, continue to squeeze margins. The, the small guy and and the harsh reality of the the vast majority of this kind of businesses is yes, they the margins are absolutely minuscule. And if you look at you know, we hear a lot about minimum wages, um, we hear about living wages. These guys are actually, in real terms, probably earning less than minimum wages, them and their families who run these businesses. Ian, uh, thanks for your thoughts this morning. Ian Cording, Chairman of the Bedfordshire Branch of the Federation of Small Businesses. There is, uh, I believe we have CCTV footage on the Facebook page of uh, one of the uh, attacks taking place. I think we got that. I don't, I don't really use the internet anymore. We've had the broadband disconnected from our house. We haven't. Imagine having the broadband disconnected from your house. Hey! You know, and, and this is why I've been cautious about Clarkson, because there were two much bigger stories yesterday that have had very little comparative coverage with Clarkson. One was the investigation into Hillsborough, the inquest, mm -hmm. and one was the Home Affairs Select Committee questioning the parents of those 15-year-old girls that went yes. to Syria. And it's kind of... You, you thought that would have been front page. Well... It is in some of the papers, uh, but Clarkson is dominating. One of the complaints that the parents came up with was, uh, it's the government's fault for introducing super-fast broadband. Wow. <laughs> yeah, all right then. Yeah, it's it's the fault of super... Because when we had... Technology. 50, fair play. When we had 56k dial-up, you didn't... IS didn't exist. No. Which came first, IS or super-fast broadband? It's a question. 08459 455. Five. Don't get me started on Wi-Fi hotspots. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
I, I mean, we will end up talking about Clarkson because it's the kind of, you know, listen, you can call in and talk about anything you want. But I suspect we won't get very many calls about those girls that went to um, uh, to Syria or um, the, the the inquest into to, um, um, uh, uh, Hillsborough. Thank you. I was going to say Carlsberg, and I think, well, that's definitely the wrong word. Uh, and people will want to talk about Clarkson. I, I, we don't know what happened. It's, everyone's kind of speculating and all of this. But he, and people who don't like him are making extra bits up. And I don't like him. I, honestly, I think he's obnoxious. I, I don't like his his act. I don't like the show. But he, I've got to doff my hat to him. He's brilliant. He's a genius. People who don't like him, though, are really pleased that you know he seems to be getting some sort of comeuppance. Isn't it great when someone loses, loses their job, guys? Um... I don't think he will. No, of course he won't. He makes too much money for the BBC. I mean, he makes millions for the BBC. He doesn't need to do that job anymore. He owns, if I've got this right, he owns the Top Gear brand. So if the BBC say, right, sorry, Jeremy, you're out of here, the BBC lose tens of millions of pounds. I think it's that much per year. And uh, ITV gain or Sky gain, you know, someone will give him a job. So might as well keep him. He's brilliant, isn't he? He's brilliant. He's brilliant at being that. He's brilliant at being uh, uh, obnoxious, push, taking it to the limit and nudging it, you know, kind of right-wing sort of thing, and, and, and people love that. There can't be anybody listening. Put your prejudices aside to one moment. There cannot be anybody listening who doesn't think that Jeremy Clarkson is brilliant at what he does. He's the master at it. Mm-hmm. He is the complete and utter master. 08459 455555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 Great North Road, it's starting to look very slow southbound from the St. Neots Junction to the Black Cat Roundabout because of the roadworks. In Beaconsfield on the Amersham Road, that's looking very busy between Ledborough Lane and the A40 at London Road. And on the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is looking slow from Junction 21 for the M1 to Junction 19 for Watford. And the A1M southbound looking very busy between Junction 4 for Welling Garden City and 2 for Wellham Green. Looking at the train departure boards, there are no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.16. It is uh, Wednesday, the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. So, you know... Watch out. BBC Three Counties Radio. Monday Night Sport is a sports programme unlike any other. I love going somewhere where the sport takes place. Go to the judo club in Aylesbury where he almost got strangled to death. He's just about to get flung in the air and crashed to the floor. Yes, it is about sport, but it's also about us two having a bit of a giggle at the same time. Anywhere on the green, he's got one over on Lucy, the uh, US Open competitor. Oh, it's... I think we can see that. We've had some great ones. I thought the wakeboarding was just tremendous. Yeah. That is so far out of our comfort zone. I don't quite know how I fell off, but I think it was something to do with the balance. And, of course, you can see all the videos on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash BBC3CR. Three Counties Sport on BBC Three Counties Radio. Give it up, Matt. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Just just when you think the show is full of life and energy, you come along to suck it all off. 
When you think the show is going downhill, you come out with something marvellous. Oh, Matt, Matt's agreeing with something I've said. Away you go, sir. Flapson. Yeah. So pleased. Give them enough rope and they'll all hang themselves. What on earth are you talking about, you... Um... He is rubbish. No, he's not. He's a nasty, bombastic... A mega-bombastic. You said that. I didn't say he was nasty. He's worse And I certainly that. didn't say he was bombastic. Uh, this is only what the... About, only the a minute. It's only the second what time I've said bombastic, the third time this morning. Hey? What about Barrymore? He spoiled himself, ruined himself, was a great, great entertainer. He got... He Barrymore is... Far. Barrymore is a great... Is a great entertainer, and he, he got um, involved in mental illness and drugs and all kinds of shenanigans. But Barrymore we're not talking... We're not talking... No, the he, same as Clark. But we're not listen talking about... To me. No, uh, listen to me, man. We're not talking about Barrymore. We're talking about Clarkson, OK? You, you, he, he's not nasty. I don't even know what bombastic means. What does bombastic mean? Worse than nasty. No, it doesn't. He knows it all. What does bombastic he's a, mean? He's above... He's above reproach. No, he's not. Everybody's got a limit to go to. It's Matt. Even you. Matt. You sometimes go over the top. Oh, flipping out, go over your top in a minute. Pompous, blustering, ranting, blathering. No, fair play. Let's not be rude to Matt on air. That's what bombastic means. Oh, okay. Matt. Yeah. It's an act, mate. It's, it's an act. He's I playing up. He's created a character. And I don't like the character. I don't like his writing or his shows, but he is flipping brilliant at it. He's a genius. Yeah. He's got more money than you'll ever have. I'm not interested in He earns more so than an hour than you money. used to earn in a year. Yes. Imagine that. But I don't talk to people or I don't look down on people like he does. Well, I look down on you, and you, you yes, still talk to you me. Do. Yeah, you come, you come tugging at my my trouser leg. Please, sir. Please, sir. Can I come on your class. show again, sir? Please, sir. Let yeah. me let me come on your show again, please, sir. Let me come on no, your show I don't again. I want to come on. You just make me so mad. I you come on every day, Matt. You phone up every day, and I've had to say to Kelly, don't let him on every day. He's he's he's, he's sucking the energy out of the show. I love it. I love it. I love it. Bye, Matt. Bye, Clarkson. <laughs> oh, I don't like Clarkson, but he's brilliant. He's brilliant. It's the and I do like Jonathan Ross, but the the people who knocked Jonathan Ross have to admit he's brilliant. He's brilliant. These people are fantastic at what they do. You try doing it. If we clear the decks of these people, yeah, you know what we'll be left with. Go on, the one show. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Really? Is that what you want, Britain? Because that's what you're going to get. You made an interesting comparison with Clarkson and uh, another broadcaster. Yeah, he's the rich man's Katie Hopkins. Isn't he just? Isn't he just? She's not brilliant. You can kind of hear the cogs turning. She's very good. She's panto-villain. She's panto-villain. You can sort of see the strings. With Clarkson, you can't see the, the join. There is no join. He's fantastic at it. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Oh, I've just received an invitation to LinkedIn. Let me have a look at that. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nope, I have no idea who Ruben Cuadrado is. Now, don't be surprised if a policeman wants to have a look in your lap this week. No, steady. Traffic officers will be conducting random seatbelt checks as part of a pan-European crackdown. Well, Sergeant Andy Naylor is uh, uh, Rhodes Policing Operational Sergeant for Beds, Cambridgeshire and Hearts. Good morning, Andy. Morning. Come on, we all wear seatbelts, don't we? Most people do, but we still have um, some people that don't. And this week is part of the uh, national pan-European uh, campaign, as you said. But Hertfordshire Beds and Cambridgeshire Unit have been uh, doing checks for the whole month of March. Why? 
Right, uh, seatbelts is one of the uh, four, um, what we call the fatal four, um, along with speeding, drinking, uh, drugs and the use of mobile phones that contribute to uh, a number of our uh, killed and seriously injured on the roads. And obviously it's, you know, I'm old enough, Andy, to, I don't know how old you are, I'm old enough to remember when you didn't have to wear seatbelts and you could literally climb all over the car as it was being driven around. And of course, the introduction introduction of seatbelts was was definitely the way to go. But surely we do it automatically now. Don't we? As soon as I get in a car, I put a seatbelt on. That's what we're aiming for, but unfortunately there are people that don't, and it's it's those short journeys where people think, oh, I'll be all right, I'm just nipping around the corner, yeah. where they don't, but there still are the people, you go up and down the motorways, um, that still don't. And that, isn't that terrible? My car's got one of those annoying um, chimes that kicks in if I'm not wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, most cars have. Some people even do disconnect those. Oh, do they? Or not. Yeah, do they, they do. really? That's what seems like a lot of effort just to put your life at risk. It does. Uh, Andy, do you have to wear? Do you have to legally wear a seatbelt if you're a passenger in the back? If they are fitted, yet you have to wear them. Right. Um, if there's a space for you to wear a seatbelt, then you do have to wear it. Yeah. What happens if uh, you catch someone flying without a license, so to speak? They're not wearing a seatbelt. They'll be. Uh, they could get a uh, a report, a traffic offence report, which could mean they either go to. Uh, Court summons to court or attend a course. Uh, how many of those have been issued while this has been going on? Uh, we are dealing with at the moment probably around about thirty per day. Okay, okay. And how many officers are involved in this? Because there might be some people, Andy, suggesting, um, "Hey, listen, we know that the police forces are struggling at the moment. That this is perhaps not the best use of resources." I think when you look at. Um, the deaths and injuries on the road. Um, if we, could, if by stopping people and um, just stopping one or two people from seriously injuring themselves, then I think if those families uh, understood the, why we're doing it, uh, then I think that's good use of resources. Andy, I appreciate your time. Good luck. Thank you very much indeed, Sergeant Andy Naylor. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can we get someone? I'm not going to, you know, have a go at you. Can we get someone to phone up and admit? They don't wear a seatbelt in the car. Because I, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of staggered by it that, that anyone would. My granddad wouldn't ever wear his seatbelt. Yeah. I mean, he sometimes used to pretend he had his seatbelt on. He was a big fella, though, and he used to say, oh, I'm really uncomfortable. And also, he was from the days when he probably never got a licence, my granddad. It was that old. I remember the Favoli when they made wearing a seatbelt legal. I'm going to guess 81. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 83. I'm going to say 83. I'm guessing. Um, but uh, there was a Ferrari, and I remember my dad being furious that he was being made to wear a seatbelt. Incredible. And they were those rubbish old seatbelts that didn't kind of, you know, they just held they you in. They didn't extend, did no. they? Um, so it obviously it makes sense, but I don't understand why anybody would, um, would, would not wear a seatbelt. No, in the grand scheme of rule-breaking... Not, not a battle I want to fight. Oh, 08459 455 Got any Texas? Yeah, that's a, that's loads. Got. Go on. The Jeremy Clarkson thing has really kicked off. Oh, do give us a call about Clarkson, please. Car- uh, uh, with regard to Clarkson, says Nick and Hitchin, he seems to think he's untouchable and bigger than the programme. Yep. Well, he... Uh, he is. He's Arab- arrogant and obnoxious. He's bigger than the programme because he doesn't own it. He throws his toys around when he doesn't get his own way. We, don't know, what, other, we don't know what happened. No. In any other company, that kind of behaviour just wouldn't be accepted. No. Can I tell you? Right. OK. 
Go on, sorry, finish that and I'll tell you. Time to take him down a peg or two or get rid of him, says Nick and Hitchin. Well, I mean, he has apologised, been forced to publicly apologise, what, a couple of times in the last year or so, so he does apologise. I had to do some filming in the desert once in Las Vegas. It was over 100 degrees, it was about 110 degrees. I was wearing a suit and a tie and I had uh, black leather shoes on. It was flipping hot. We were there for about two hours and it was hot and they were filming me in the distance, walking towards camera, doing a piece of camera. It was hot. And I said, after an hour and a half, can I have a bottle of water, guys? Oh, we've got to bring the water. And I went nuts. Now, I didn't hit anybody and going nuts was, was probably not appropriate, but I've been in the desert for an hour and a half. I didn't, nuts. I went, oh, flipping heck. You know, effing and jeffing. Come on, guys. Do you know who I am? Well, it wasn't, there, wasn't, trailer. there wasn't a do you know who I am. It was a, oh, for flip's sake, who forgot to bring the flipping water? You know, you have one job type of thing. And um, it, it, was, it, was, it was inappropriate, but... And then when we got somewhere cooler, I apologised and we had some water and they apologised for not bringing the water and I apologised for, for getting angry and they said, well, you know, we were in a desert and tension, you know, the, the, the nerves were fraught. You don't know what situation they're involved in. They've been filming all day, there was no food. Well, OK, well, how long have they been filming? Where had they been filming? And w w were they told that food was going to be there? Did he actually punch someone? We don't know. And actually, was it about the food, really? We don't know. Not making excuses for him, because as we've established, I'm not a massive fan no. of Jeremy Clarkson either, but he does Jeremy Clarkson very well. I don't like him, but I think he's absolutely brilliant. Give us one more, then we'll speak well, to Hannah. Mark seems a little bit disappointed in us. Oh. Mark says, Clarkson is a racist. Stop upselling, please. It pulls your show down. Integrity much? Point don't get, Mark. P point? Stop what? Ups integrity much. No, but I he think said... he's suggesting we haven't got any integrity because we're talking about Clark. Where's he? Well, hang on. First of all, um, is he racist? I think he's referring to the uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo debacle. Okay, it doesn't mean he's racist. Is Eeny Blyton racist for writing... Uh, um, was it Eeny Blyton who wrote ten little M-words? Uh, no, was it, no, it was, was Agatha Christie. Christie. Uh, is, was she racist? I think she may have been, actually. Not the best argument. I mean, it's not... No, it's not the best <laughs> argument because they were different times. I think she was. Yeah, and they were different times. <laughs> Um, but I don't know he's a racist. If you use a certain... There's a whole debate, and thank you for bringing it into the... If you use a certain word, does that make you a racist? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I'm not... What? Well, I don't understand your problem. He's one of he's one of Britain's most successful entertainers. Uh, Hannah's in High Wycombe on the subject of seatbelts. Good morning, Hannah. Hello. What have you got for us, Hannah? My boyfriend sometimes drives without his seatbelt. Um, he, he's been caught on a few occasions, and he just... I don't know how he blags it, but he blags it. Well, what, um, well why, does he, why does he not wear a seatbelt? He says it's uncomfortable. What? Is he a big lad? He's quite broad. He's not big. He's just got quite broad shoulders. And he said it's all cut into his collarbone. So that's how he sort of gets away with it. He should get what uh, my little boy has on his seats. They get these little sort of cushion uh, covers that you put on the bit that hits your shoulder. Yeah, my gran's got one. Yeah. You can get them with frills on and all sorts. I'm sure they do a bad <laughs> <one>. <laughs> He has one. He has them on there, but he still doesn't, still doesn't wear and them. And do you, what, do you speak to him, Anna? Do you say, come on, for goodness yeah, sakes? Yeah, I scream at him. I won't, I won't get in the car with him at times if I know wow. that he's adamant about it. And how does he manage to talk his way out of it? I don't know. He doesn't tell me. Uh, how old child? is he, Hannah? 30. Does, does he want to make it to 31? No, I wasn't going to I say, say that. that. I say that to him. Yeah. It's just the, the conversation we had earlier on was, you know, the older generation, we used to drive him without. You, you can kind of understand why they, it, they might not like it. 
but this is a guy who's grown up in the years of you know having to wear one in the back seat when he was being driven around by his mum and dad. He wasn't bobbing around yeah. like we were. Hannah, uh, thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five seatbelts, and let's celebrate the magic of Jeremy Clarkson. He's brilliant, isn't he? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking very slow on the speed sensors from the St Neots Junction southbound towards the Black Cat Roundabout. It's also starting to look busy in the other direction too. On the A5 southbound from Lynch Hill at Markgate towards the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne, that's starting to look busy. And the M1 southbound slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road towards Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking very slow from Junction 21 for the M1 to Junction 19 for Watford. And on the A1M southbound, it's looking busy from Junction 4 for Welling Garden City towards Junction 2 for Wellham Green. On the train departure boards, the 741 train from Milton Keynes Central to Chester has been cancelled. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Business leaders say an increase in robberies is forcing small shops to close, with owners too frightened to carry on. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. One shop in Luton was targeted three times. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. Clarkson has been suspended, but more than 150 thousand people have now signed an online petition calling on the corporation to reinstate him. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts as part of a Europe-wide campaign. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Sri Lankan batsman Kumar Sangakkara has made cricket history at the World Cup, becoming the first player to make four successive one-day international centuries. After tons against Bangladesh, England and Australia, Sangakkara's latest century has come against Scotland. He was eventually out for 124. Sri Lanka totaled 363 for nine from their 50 overs. Chelsea host Paris Saint-Germain tonight in the second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie. It was one all in Paris. Jose Mourinho says winning the League Cup since then isn't a factor. I think it doesn't affect competition that we won, competition that is finished. Also the FA Cup uh, finished for us for different reasons. So now we have uh, the Premier League and the Champions League to to concentrate and uh, we are going to try to be in the quarterfinal. Holders Real Madrid are through just 5-4 on aggregate despite losing 4-3 at home to the German side Schalke last night. The Wolves player Bakary Sacco has had his red card against Watford on Saturday rescinded. Sacco was involved in an incident with Fernando Forestieri which resulted in the Hornets player falling to the floor clutching his face. In Conference South last night Bishop Stortford beat Staines 2-1 in the Southern League Premier Biggleswade lost 2-1 at home to Poole and it's day two of racing's Cheltenham Festival the last two winners of the Queen Mother the champion chase are due to line up again in today's feature, but after four winners yesterday, the Irish trainer Willie Mullins also has one of the favourites in the champagne fever. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight.
Stupid enough to not wear a seatbelt anymore? 81333, start your text 3CR. Uh, everyday sexism. It turns out, Catherine, that um, when I uh, open a door for you, offer you my chair, <laughs> or wipe your bottom, I'm being sexy. You never Sist. open the door for me. Sexist. You let it go in my face on poi poi. That's a little bit of fun there. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that's sexism. And also, Jeremy Clarkson, you may not like him, you may not like the act. He's a genius. He is brilliant at what he does. You cannot deny that. I've oh, watched car programs. I'm not interested in cars. Yeah. I don't it's like them, isn't it? I don't like the I don't like the act. I, 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 it doesn't touch me. It doesn't move me. It doesn't make me laugh. But he's brilliant at it. You got you got to you know accept it's brilliant. Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five. I'm I'm right, aren't I? Just absolutely right. Again, a bit like you. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Clarkson, but um, he's a very very talented man. He's fantastic at what he does. And there all seems to be these campaigns to get people off TV that have got big personalities. Yeah. The man is very very popular because he's very. very very good at what he does. Well, as Catherine says, if okay, guys, in that case, you, what you want everything presented by Ben Shepherd and yeah. uh, Alex Jones. No, exactly. No, exactly. Um, but, but I know you've got a busy morning. Maybe we'll take that to three. We're going to come to you in a second. But Mark's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Mark. Morning. What would you like to say, boss? Um, I'm just. I know Jeremy Clarkson has got talents, and um, the show's very popular. I'm just so surprised of how much you're upselling him today. It's oh, crazy. is this is there, Mark? Is, yes, it is this Mark. Hi, Catherine. All right. Morning, Mark. Hi, uh, morning. Um, Catherine, and, and we depend on you to be the voice of reason. Yeah. I know you work for the BBC. <laughs> I'm lucky, mate. I know he also works for the BBC, but gosh, is there a schoolboy crush going on, Ian? 
Who? Sorry, that sentence started to or... Catherine and then went to me. Who, who, who's, yeah, who are you no, asking? I think Ian, Ian's got a bit of a question, Jeremy, and Catherine is the voice of reason. So, <laughs> no, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll let me lay my cards on the table. I don't think he's funny. I think the views that he expresses in his columns and his books are obnoxious, and I've only ever seen bits of Top Gear. But he's brilliant. You can't deny he's a genius. He's made a fortune. At the very, very basic level of being a business genius, Top Gear was a rubbish show that hardly anybody watched. He brought up the name and he completely changed the format. He owns the brand. He's made it into the biggest export the BBC have got. So purely on a business level, he's a genius. The fact that we're talking about him now makes him also a, a marketing genius. And he is a brilliant entertainer. I don't like him, but he's brilliant. You can't deny that, Mark. Those are I facts. don't think he's brilliant. He can be funny at times, but I'm just so surprised. I just feel like it's an integrity issue because you've put all from the BBC. You shouldn't be upselling him so much when he's done a host of things wrong in the last year. Well, I don't and see what us working for the BBC has got to do with it. Well, I think it's it's about integrity, isn't it, really? Well, tell, tell me if, why, if, why if we're not done, being integrous. If he's done something, done something wrong, he's, he's done... Is that even a word? No, I don't know. It's a good, what has he done wrong in this instance, Mark? I just think his general behaviour... No, 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 specifics, specifics. What has he done wrong in this instance? His, uh, this is specific, his general attitude over the last year and what he's been in trouble for is ridiculous. Okay. What's he done wrong in this instance? I'm not comparing him to Jimmy Savile, but Jimmy oh. Savile was a big name. Oh, Jimmy, forget Jimmy, Mark, Jimmy Mark, Savile, Mark. Not, it's a comparison. You were doing, no, and it's, it's a, comparison a comparison that makes no sense. You were doing, uh, you were doing quite well. I will do, I will do, okay. but I've got to say, mate. I'm not comparing him, those two people, uh, against each other. I'm just but, saying... But, however, yes, I know that always comes in, but he was a really big name and he was entitled to get away with a lot of things. And I'm just saying, oh, given no. the climate, Mark. given the climate, people should Mark. have low tolerance to celebrities Mark. throwing their weight around. Mark, 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 Boom. Mark, 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 well, no, Mark, no, <laughs> Mark. Mark, do you honestly think we've been sent a memo that says we all have to say that Jeremy Clarkson's brilliant? I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. I think there's, there's, you know, well, there's. Well, you keep mentioning the fact that we work for the BBC. Pressures, there's no pressure. And pressures. No, there isn't. Yeah, of course. No, no. Mark, I, I know where you're coming from. You live in a. Con you, you, you take your tinfoil hat off for a second, uh, Mr. Conspiracy. Uh, I, <laughs> if I, if I want to say that Jeremy Clarkson is rubbish, I'll say Jeremy Clarkson. Do you know what I mean? We not. Have you heard us talking about the one show? Yeah, I have, but that's all in you know good humour. No, the no, one show, the one show is awful. The one show is awful. EastEnders, Mark. We should scrap it and save it's millions. Of exactly. Of course. But do you see what we're doing? We work for the BBC, and I'm allowed to slag these things off. I'm allowed to do yeah, that. EastEnders is just a general brand. It's a, it's a big. It's a, you know, there's loads Clarkson of is just a, Clarkson is just a brand. Well, no, the way you're talking about it, he might be some demigod. He's br oh. he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Stay there, Kev. Yeah. What do you want to say to, to uh, Mark? Conspiracy theory, Mark, if he can hear you through the tin foil. Oh, that's not nice, Ian. Hi, Mark. You're right. Hello, mate. I don't think the issue here is um, Clarkson being um, like a, a, well, a bad person or whatever you want to say. I, I think the issue really here is that he's been suspended for something that's actually an isolated incident within the BBC. He's done a lot worse things. Um, yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, and um, why has he been suspended now? Um, in an isolated incident within the BBC. I don't think that's right. I think there's something else up there. On the other side, though, I do think Jeremy Clarkson is a bit of a genius. He's a bit of a legend. Um... Whether you like him or not, he is. No, 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 it's not a question. I don't dislike him. I've watched Top Gear. I watch it, you know, if it's on TV, I watch it. It's a question of 
we, you know, people that are in the media, especially someone that can draw as many viewers as Jeremy, they should be leading by example and being role models to people. No, they should. Be, Mark, no, they should. They Mark, should. They no, should be no, being Mark, racist. So you, so Mark, well, hang on a minute. When do you think he's a racist? Thank you. I'm Kev, not saying by the way. he is. I'm saying that he's been called out by his own by his own producing crew, whatever they're called, for saying certain things. It's, I mean, I don't need to tell you. You do. You do a radio show, but he's he's been in Thank the papers you, a lot. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd make the obvious more obvious. He's been in the paper loads for saying Mark, stuff like that. Mark, Mark, yes. Stop patronising. You're doing quite well. I'm going to. Gi- I'm giving you six out of ten. You've just lost one mark for being patronising. Play nice or don't play. Well, when, when you were given, when you were play asking nice, feedback, Mark. When you <laughs> play nice or don't play, Ian. When you were asking, don't play. Play nice or don't play. I'm giving one more chance. Okay, fine. One more chance. He has some talent, but I just think we should be role models and we should expect more from, including yourselves, from people on on TV and radio. No. Well, that's that's your opinion, and it's well. You've got Alex Jones. Yeah, you've got Alex Jones, mate, and the other fella. Oh. Okay, Mark. Thank you. Such a plum. <laughs> Fair play, he phoned up. He sent the yep, text in yep. and then he phoned up. Fair yep. play. Yep, yep. Just his argument was um, utter strange. Yep. Justin, stay there. Sorry, I want to squeeze... Uh, thank you, uh, uh, Kev. I just want to squeeze Gary. Morning, Gary. Good morning. What, what you got uh, for us, boss? Well, you're on about seatbelts. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, I'm a first-time caller, long-term listener. Hey! You win five pounds for that phrase. Good. Right, you're on about seatbelts. Yes, I'm a lorry driver. I've uh, I've never wore a seatbelt, and I refuse to wear a seatbelt. What? Because I know of two people. I run a page on. I've got a page on Facebook. Oh yeah, right? me too. I know it's two good. people on my page that have been in serious accidents, and the police have even said to them, if they wasn't, if they was wearing a seatbelt, they'd be dead. And how how would that seatbelt have killed them? It's it saved. Where they wasn't wearing the seatbelt, it saved their lives. So, so hang on, but, but, uh, but how would the seatbelt have killed them? Well, because I'm not too sure how they had uh, the accident. Right. But you said well, you said even, the police. The police said if they were wearing a seatbelt, it would have yeah, killed them. How the would it have killed have them? Said to how would it have killed them? Well, it would have trapped them, I suppose. Right, but they could they have undone. The, get... They could have undone the seatbelt, I guess, or, or it could have been cut through. Your guess is as good as mine, but I'll say, I've got two people. One right. was in a car and one was in a lorry. Right, but we don't know how that seatbelt would have killed them. Because there are more people whose lives have been saved by seatbelts than have been killed by seatbelts. Well, I can't see it. It's 50-50. No, it's not. Thing. It's not, fit, it, Gary! It is. Gary, what's okay. going on with the callers? It's 50-50 as to whether a seatbelt is going to save you or kill you. All right, then... Did your uh, did your parents wear seatbelts when they were driving many years ago? No. Well, did anything tragic happen to them? No, because they didn't have any car. They didn't weren't involved in a car crash. I imagine if they'd been in a serious car crash, they might have been. I don't know, killed. Yeah, well, it's um, how can I put it? Fifty-fifty. Um, yes. Yeah, Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Gosh. What? Put your seatbelt on, Gary. Gary? Don't be daft. It's don't be daft. There's the voice of a northern mum. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a bit chummy. There's the voice of a northern mum. <laughs> don't be daft. 
<laughs> what happened to the callers for the last ten minutes? I think they've been to the sweet shop before school. <laughs> uh, Justin, listen, I'm sorry, we haven't got time for a bit now. We'll do it after the weather. It's, yeah, it's yeah. J- j- just set it up for us. It is actually a very. I want to give it the time it deserves. It's a very yeah. important update. No problem. Um, yesterday morning we spoke to Anton. <laughs> yes. uh, we were on the streets asking people about what they like to have on their toast, and he looked in a bad mood. Goodness I said, "Are you okay?" And he said to me that uh, he had a problem with his wife because he's got a Star Wars addiction. And uh, he was going home to have a conversation with his wife. He thought that his marriage was over. I've met him again this morning, bumped into him, quite literally. Uh, You'll hear what happened with his wife last night in around five minutes' time. Thank you very much, boss. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the A1M southbound on the speed sensors, it's looking quite busy around Junction 7 for Stevenage, and the M1 southbound's looking slow from Junction 9 for Redbourne towards Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's heavy between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 15 for the M4. And having a look at the speed sensors in High Wycombe on the A40 London Road, it's starting to look very busy in both directions. And the A1 Great North Road in both directions between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout's very slow through the roadworks. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 746th, Wednesday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. Coming up, a play about Yarlswood and Justin Dealey talking to a heartbroken Star Wars fan. What's the latest? Let's find out after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a reasonably bright start this morning. Have some high clouds, so the sunshine a little hazy for some, but we are getting some really nice sunshine through it. Fairly chilly, but it will warm up slightly. We're still in the milder air at the moment, so we're looking at a maximum later on today of around 11 Celsius. Now, the sunshine isn't going to stay all day, unfortunately. It will start to increase gradually as we head through the afternoon. Increase and thicken, and then come 3 o'clock, we're likely to see some rain arrive as well. Just some light patchy rain working its way across really all three counties as we head into the evening overnight tonight this rain is going to continue on its journey should clear out fairly swiftly so post nine o'clock you're not going to see too much of it at all but we are left with quite a lot of cloud and a bit of mist and fog as well and that's going to help to keep the temperature reasonable at six celsius a dry but rather murky start tomorrow morning a lot of cloud in the morning but we have the air coming from the east or from the continent as we head through thursday afternoon which means it is going to dry out the cloud a little so we should start to see some brightness and maybe some sunny spells to end thursday afternoon off the temperature similar at around 12 Celsius, and that's your forecast. With all our football league sides still chasing promotion, Saturday is another chance to gain valuable points. Watford are at home to Reading. Back up to Dini, who hammers it into the roof of the Nets. MK Dons make the trip to Walsall. What a strike from Lewis Baker. Luton are at Portsmouth. Stridge in towards the back post. Hanger is from Jaden Stockley. And Stevenage travel to Cambridge. It's Bruno Andrade. 
Three Counties Sports, Saturday from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just tweeted um, something very, very funny. Too rude to say on the radio, Justin. Wah. But uh, as we know, anything goes on the internet. It, yeah. just, it just shows how professional uh, my team are. Mm. Uh, professional the, crew. The profession- uh, hats off to Kelly Betts. She is a legend. <laughs> uh, I've just tweeted your comments to uh, that caller. Uh, Justin, so, Star mm. Wars fan, you were, uh, were talking about what people spread on their toast yesterday. We're yep. local BBC Radio. That's what we do. Exactly. Uh, a very, very sad... Well, it was a broken man. Yeah. This was uh, Anton, uh, who we met on the streets yesterday morning. He has an addiction. He needs his fix every single day. SW. Yes, yep. that fix is Star Wars. Yep. So he was a broken man yesterday morning, very, very upset. He was going home to have a conversation with his wife. When he left the house yesterday morning, she said, it's Star Wars or me. Simple as that. He was very, very distraught. I spoke to him again this morning on the streets. A lot of people asking me yesterday, are we going to speak to him again? Yes, we've done just that. How many people are asking you that, Justin? Quite a few. Yesterday morning on the streets, a lot of people thought it was fake. They thought it was set up. It wasn't. This was a real person yeah. with real life issues. I spoke to Anton this morning. We got straight down to the facts. Here's what happened. Anton, let's get straight to the facts here. How did it go with your wife last night? How did that conversation go? It was tough. It, I think it's a daily thing. We, we just come to terms and just do another day over. I'll take each day as it comes. So have you come to some sort of arrangement or...? Well, she just says, like, cut down on it. I say, I'll try and we'll go from there, and that's how we, uh, we we live our lives. Yesterday morning, I caught you listening to your Star Wars podcast. Have you had your Star Wars fix today? I did, until my battery ran out. So even though you had this conversation last night, on the way to work this morning, you're straight back to your addiction. It's <laughs> I, not working, I, is it? I'm allowed to do it when I'm, I'm not at home. It's, if I'm doing it at home, then it, that's when it becomes a bigger issue. I mean, just lastly, if, if Star Wars was taken away from you completely, no more podcasts, Okay, no more memorabilia at home, no more films at home, no more music at home. What do you think that would do to you as a human being? Your, your face right now is, is changing. What do you think that would do to you as a human being? It's, I can't really comprehend it. It's like, like losing a limb, probably. I don't know. It's, how, oh, it's not even worth, worth thinking about. It's too traumatic, I think. And did it help yesterday almost getting it off your chest and having thousands of people listening to, to your concerns? I, I felt stupid, but yeah, I think, I, I, I can't believe I'm not the only one out there who doesn't have this type of yeah. issue. Was it almost like a weight lifted, though? A little. It's good to talk to someone about it. Well, listen, we'll, uh, we'll stay in contact. You've got our Twitter address. Let us know how it goes. Best of luck for the future. Thank you. Powerful radio, Justin. Very, no, very powerful it, radio. It is, and a lot of people may be laughing at that, but, but here we have a man who's got a uh, a real issue and he's doing everything he possibly can to to get off that addiction and to save his marriage we'll follow that story of course yeah. mm. uh, now you know which bus stop he uses mm. i'm also thinking there's something in this there's kind of like an ask dealy dealy agony uncle mm. dealy you know shoulders to cry on dealy yeah. for really dealy for really people it, it doesn't need a silly name Catherine. this is too serious <laughs> for something like that dealy you know we set him up as Touchy like touchy feely dealy no mate <laughs> no this i'm being serious yeah. he's obviously got the gift well, well with this guy anton we've helped him it's yep. it's almost like a weight has been lifted his issue is out I there. Know, is, is there i don't know what the rules are Catherine. you know the rules better than me yeah what would the rules be on renting out an office mm-hmm. getting 
getting a fake certificate to say that Justin is a trained uh, therapist and counsellor. Fake certificate. Getting... Hang on, hang on. Fake certificate what, off the internet. Yeah, yeah. Just print it off and frame it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and advertising, then getting real people turn up as clients, people with, with, with drug problems, emotional problems, charging, yeah. mm-hmm. and recording that secretly and then broadcasting it. I mean, what are the rules on that? I probably should run it past the suits, but. My feeling is that that's fine. Brilliant. Dealy, do it. Let's go with it. Do it, mate. Cheers. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Cheers. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. More, um, well, helping. A play written by and starring former detainees at the Yarlswood Detention Centre is going to open later on this month. One of the people involved in the production is Mavis, who's an asylum seeker from Zimbabwe who spent three months detained at Yarlswood. Good morning, Mavis. Good morning. Mavis, can I ask, why did you come from Zimbabwe? Uh, I, I ran away from uh, persecution in my country, and my country was so bad. There was war, in, there was war so I had to come to England. There are and there are and we will get on to play in a second but for those people who don't quite understand there are some people who don't understand why people would you know how persecution affects them what was your life like back in Zimbabwe Oh it was extremely bad because I had to hide from one place to another and the the government the ruling government was actually after me they wanted to kill me uh, it was not uh, safe at all, so I decided to leave and come to this country for, to seek asylum. And what had you done? Why, why did they want to kill you? Uh, uh, I was actually, um, I wasn't really involved in, uh, in, in politics, but uh, my husband was uh, uh, working for uh, uh, the government, and because he was another tribe, which was not the, the ruling government's tribe, so they didn't trust him, and then they, they wanted to, uh, they, they thought he was actually the opposition party. And uh, because of that, so he had to escape and go to um, South Africa, and I was actually involved, and they wanted me to tell them where my husband was, wow. and I was really in trouble, so I had to escape and come to England. So you came here, you ended yes. up... It, it, what's the process from arriving in England to then being taken to somewhere like Yarlswood? Oh, well, I, I, I seek the asylum, and because the, the, the Home Office doesn't really believe uh, people's stories, they didn't believe my story, and I was refused. So when they refused me, I had to um, uh, stay at home and not do anything. And then, unfortunately, they they found me, they came to the house where I was, they, they picked me up and they took me to uh, Yasu Detention Center. So I, I, they said because I was refused. So I stayed in the detention center for three months. And what was life like there? It was so horrible. I'm telling you, prisons are much better than anything else. It, well, I've never been to a prison, but I think that's the worst place to stay in. Detention centers are so horrible because you don't even know where you, when are you going to come out or where they're going. What what is going to just be, you be in limbo? You don't know what what is exactly happening. Uh, it's so horrible. The, the, the guards there, they treat you like slaves. They treat you like your animals. The, it's so horrible. Truly speaking, I've never been... The, the, it, it was the worst uh, is a place where... Uh, I've never seen such a place in my life. Even now, I'm just so traumatised. I can't even do anything. I dream of the place all the time, even if I'm out. But I would just sleep and dream about the place. It's so horrible. You said that the guards were horrible to you and treated you like slaves. What, 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 what yes. did they do, Mavis? What, what kind well, of things did they make they you do? Were, 
the times they would just come in while you're naked. They would just walk in and say, how many are you? They come out and then at times they would treat you. At times they would be so rude. I remember the other time I went to, um, uh, they actually put me, you know, you share rooms. I was sharing with this lady. She was lesbian and she she was so funny with me and she, she couldn't understand. I had to go and ask if I could be changed the room. They would just say, go out, go out. We told you that place is okay for you. We'll take it or leave it. It was so horrible. And I was so traumatized, really. I didn't sleep. They would be coming in and out, checking on you, going this way and out. And, and then there's a time I felt so ill. I was poorly. And then I was guided to, 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 they took me to Bedford Hospital. They didn't believe even if I was ill. I told them I'm ill. They said, no, you're, you're playing. You're trying to, to make your case better, whatever. They would just didn't believe us. And then when they took me to uh, Bedford, that's when they realized I was very ill. And I was uh, put in isolation for some for about two weeks. I was feeling very, very poorly. Uh, it was so bad until they said to me, probably they thought uh, that I'll, I'll die or something. That's when they took me out. How, if, it, if I didn't feel ill, probably I wasn't going to go out. How long ago was this, Mavis? It was in 2012. So it's fairly I, recent. Yes, Yes, and I stayed there for three months. It was so horrible. I can I, I always imagine, I always cry, and it's been so... It, it's just, I couldn't take it, because I didn't do any crime in this country, and seeking asylum here was like I've committed the worst crime in this country. I couldn't believe what was happening in England, and I thought I should have died in my country. It was much better than to come to this country and be treated like this. I couldn't even hang it, because... It was too much for me. I couldn't even imagine myself being in a prison, in that horrible prison. And I thought, what crime did I do? Did I kill anyone, though? I couldn't believe what they did to me up to now. I always think about it and think, probably if I had stayed and died in my country, it was going to be far much better than to come and be put in a prison in this country when I didn't commit any crime. It was so horrible. I'll never forget this life when it has traumatized me for, for the rest of my life. I'll never forget this. <laughs> Mavis, are you OK to carry on or do you want to go? I, I don't no, want to unnecessarily I'm, I'm, upset I'm you. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm OK. I can carry on. Can I just ask, Mavis, do you, it, what happened to your husband? You say he went to South Africa. He, he couldn't stay in that country and uh, he had to leave because... They, they, they used to come to the house and pick him up and he would stay for a couple of days not coming home and they wanted to kill him. And he couldn't stay because they thought he was he was an opposition party. So they say to him, they will kill him. We had to leave and my children had to go to South Africa as well. Where my so Mavis, where, are your children and your husband in South Africa? Uh, my children I are staying with my grandparents in South Africa, my grandmother, and um, the other one uh, had to, uh, the other child, my stepchild, uh, came to England and uh, she, she she was here. She came before me and then she went to um, to Sweden. That's where she went to. And, and how old is the, the, the child that lives with uh, the grandparents? Uh, the, the little boy is 14 years old. Hey. When, when I left, he was just a little boy. He was about 
six years old. And Mavis, sorry, I'm 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 trying to follow this. And, and what is your husband in South Africa? Is he in Zimbabwe or is he here? I, I don't know where he's. I don't know where he is because when we left, he, I I didn't even know his whereabouts, and he doesn't even know where I am now. Do you know we if he's still alive? He never, I probably he died. I've got a feeling he died something because I don't even know his whereabouts. Mavis, you've been through all of this. How do yes. you how do you keep it together? How do you um, it's not, it's stay sane? Easy. It's not been easy at all. Uh, at times, I, I wake up in the night and uh, I, I'll be dreaming. Uh, the home office coming to pick me up. Every time I hear a knock, even a postman would knock, and I think, oh, they've come for me again. It's not been easy at all. It's just so horrible yes. and. This life, I think uh, it has affected me so badly. I can't even do anything. I used, I used to work in my country. I, I, I was uh, a hard worker. I can even work even up to now, but I'm not allowed even to work. I'm just here, and I don't know where my life is going to end. You've got involved in uh, this play, which is, yes. is uh, it's telling um, the, the story of what life in Yarlswood is like. Is that right? Yes, yes. How, how did you get involved in this? Oh, we we have, since I've been here and I, I joined some uh, women's groups around in Manchester and um, there's the worst women asylum seekers together. They've been my, they've been uh, supporting me. They've been a, a pillar, and uh, I joined another group, uh, the, the one that I'm doing the play with, and the, they also been very very uh, um, uh, good with uh, women. They help us, you know, to, to just to to accept that we, we've been in this country, we're asylum seekers, fine, but they really encourage us to be, to, to be brave, to work together as women, and this has been encouraging me very, very much, especially the, this, the, 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 when we do these plays, we actually participate and we really forget about the problems we have. For example, when we meet with other women, we discuss our problems, we talk, we chat, and, and we, we feel much better because we're taking it out. And that has helped me quite a lot. Maybe it's... meeting these other women. Maybe Sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry to interrupt. This is an incredible story. Stay there for a second. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We're going to drop the travel. Simon, we'll come to you in a couple of minutes. I just want to pursue this, and I hope you don't mind. Mavis, you're in the play. Cheryl Martin, you're the director of the play. Yes, I... Gosh, uh, you know, that's an eye-opener, isn't it? What, 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 well, I, I think I know the answer to this, but let's hear it from you. Why are you doing this? Um, I'm doing it because I love working with these groups. I started working this through Community Arts Northwest with um, Asylum Seekers and Refugees back in 2010. And for this group of women, this is the third play that I've done with them now. And um, the story that you just heard, that's actually the first time I've heard Mavis's own story because, you know, we don't ask them to talk about these things in case it upsets them, as it just did. Yeah. And you know, to me, they're heroes. I mean, you can hear, I've, I've been living in Manchester since 1988 when I came over as a student, um, originally from the United States. And to me, these are like the people that Hollywood used to make movies about. You know, Hollywood makes movies about people who stand up to dictators, who put their lives on the line for other people. And quite a, quite a few of the people that I've dealt with, that's what they did. And that's why they had to leave their countries. So, 
you know, the fact that they came here seeking refuge from that kind of persecution, that level of persecution, and then get slammed into basically prison for an indefinite period of time, never knowing when they're going to be released. Um, it just makes me unbearably sad. Oh, well, we're all sat here, um, you know, kind of open-mouthed at hearing Mavis's story, you know. And, and it, it, I, I, do you know what, Mavis? We speak about Yarswood a lot on this show. And boy, oh boy, I wish we'd spoken to you a long time ago because it really... Well, Cheryl, it humanises the story. It's easy to think of... Uh, because we don't have names or faces or stories, We, uh, it's easy to dehumanise these women, isn't it, and what they have to go through. And I guess this is part of the play, is it? That's the part of the play is actually to enable them to help the audience realize what it feels like to go through that process. You know, it'll only be a shadow of what it really feels like. But um, I, I, it's an immersive play, which means that we're making the audience be the detainees. And um, we're warning people that that means that the play is going to be, you know, a bit disconcerting, is what we put it. You know, that, you know, expect to sort of, it's very, very interactive. But um, what we're getting, in fact, um, until they started improvising the scenes, I thought that I understood what was going on. But then in the scenes, when they had the guards, you know, saying things that the guards had said to them mm. because they're playing the guards, I was shocked. Um, so the things that were on Channel 4's show last week, we had, we had heard that, you know, on tape. Oh, they're, they're animals and the black women are evil. Those uh, were some of the yeah. lines, weren't they? Well, and, and that's, well, it's just that that's sort of how they were being treated. And, um, and you think you understand, you know, they're in detention and that's bad. But, you know, you don't realise how dehumanising the process really is. And it's this thing about out of sight, out of mind. Yep. You know, I just don't think that the general British public understands what this is actually, what's actually happening. Sure, I have to move on. I'm already six minutes late for the news and I'll get a slap wrist. If people want to find out more about the play, where, where do they go? You can go to um, z.art.org um, z is where you can get um, the tickets for the play. Okay. And there's links on there. We have a blog if you um, Google Rule 35 or Community Arts Northwest. Okay. You can find more information there. Is rule, and Rule 35, is that the company or is that the name of the play? That's the name of the play. Rule 35 is a home office rule that basically says that people who've been tortured, who are pregnant, who are elderly or frail, or extremely ill should not be in detention. And it's not a rule. It seems to be honoured in the breach. Cheryl, thank you for your time this morning. Um, thank you for... Um, really thank you for, oh. you know, giving us time no, to talk it's, about it's, the it's moved all, And Mavis, are you still there, Mavis? Yes, yes, I yes. Really, are you OK? I'm fine, thank you. I really appreciate you. I know I asked some uh, uncomfortable questions, but I, I think you, you, you just telling us uh, even a bit of your story has uh, uh, has done immeasur immeasurable work and um, has, has helped a lot of people understand what goes on in there. Oh, thank you very much. No, thank you very much, and I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you. Bye. Thank you.
Blimey. Well, we're seven minutes late. I'm sure you won't mind. Let's get the latest news now. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, shop owners too frightened to carry on, Top Gear series could be scrapped and seatbelt warning to drivers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Business leaders say an increase in robberies is forcing small shops to close with owners too frightened to carry on. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. One shop in Luton was targeted three times. Ian Cording is from the Federation of Small Businesses in Bedfordshire. I know certainly in my local area in uh, Castle Road up in Bedford here, one of our local provision shops is now up for sale. Now that was subjected to two robberies last year. And whilst it's not been said, I think the, the, it's a case of, well, you know, we just cannot cope with this. Um, and, and sadly, we are going to see a loss of a lot of our local facilities, I believe, as a consequence. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. Clarkson has been suspended, but more than 150,000 people have now signed an online petition calling on the corporation to reinstate him. The former director of BBC Television, Will Wyatt says the corporation is facing a difficult decision as Top Gear is a very successful brand. It's a bit in your face. It's saying, what about this then? I wonder if, you know, have you ever thought of and really gently and not so gently sometimes challenging the viewers to to be a little bit shocked or surprised. I don't find anything bad about that personally, although you can't obviously go too fast. I think it would be a shame to lose a, a show that uh, does challenge some of these things. So, uh, I think often amusingly. Plans for a new rail link between Heathrow and the proposed HS2 high-speed rail line have been scrapped. South Bucks District Council say the government's decision will significantly reduce the blight for many of their residents. MPs are expected to vote today in favour of plain standardised packaging for cigarettes. The new packets will have health warnings and the brand name in small type. They're likely to be in shops by next year. Traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seat belts as part of a Europe wide campaign. Thames Valley Police say random checks will take place at all times of the day and night. Bedfordshire Police yesterday tweeted a picture of drugs found in a vehicle after the driver was pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt. Sergeant Andy Naylor says many drivers still flout the law. It's both short journeys where people think, oh, I'll be all right, I'm just nipping around the corner where they don't, but there still are the people, you go up and down the motorways, um, that still don't. We are dealing with, at the moment, probably around about 30 per day. The family of injured Watford fan Nick Cruis say they're truly overwhelmed by the response to his plight. The father of two from Hemel Hempstead remains critically ill after being attacked after Watford's match at Wolves on Saturday. An online appeal has now raised over £22,000. Nick's brother Chris posted a message on the site thanking everyone for their support. In sport, the Sri Lankan batsman Kumar Sangakkara has made cricket history at the World Cup, becoming the first player to make four successive one-day international centuries. Sangakkara's latest century has come against Scotland. The weather, a bright start but cloud will thicken bringing some rain this afternoon a maximum temperature 11 degrees celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties thank you simon thank you for your patience blimey we're all um well we're all in shock from mavis's story and do you know what? I'm, I'm so glad we, we spoke to her, and I wish we'd spoken to her months ago, because uh, whenever we talk about Yarlswood, it's easy to phone up and knock these blooming foreigners coming over here. And then you heard a woman who hasn't seen her youngest kid in years and doesn't know if her husband is dead or alive. And we lock them up and treat them like scum? Really? 
we're talking about knife crime. Clarkson, it all seems, well, not the knife crime, but the, the rest of it seems rather flippant after that, but that's the way of the show. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine, we'll have a little chat about Mavis in a second. Let's let's crack on with uh, with our next guest, though. She's been waiting a while. Bedfordshire Police are appealing for information after eight knife-point shop robberies in the space of ten days. One of the businesses in Luton has been targeted three times. Well, Inspector Jackie Dad is uh, from Bedfordshire Police. Morning, Jackie. Good morning. Uh, th- there have been arrests, people are out on bail, but this is still an active investigation, isn't it? That's correct, yes, um, very much so. We uh, will encourage any member of the public to come forward with uh, any information that they uh, feel may be helpful. Uh, and these incidents, it, 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 you're pretty sure that they're all linked? Um, yes, there's a number of similarities um, between all of the incidents. Um, the, the property that's been taken uh, has been in excess of £4,000 cash and a substantial um, amount of cigarettes and alcohol have been taken over the course of all of the offences um, and there has been an, a knife that has been seen at a number of the offences um, so we're more than confident that they're all linked and we would urge any shopkeepers and business owners not to tackle or challenge um, people with weapons but, but to give us a ring and activate their alarm. You say loads of uh, uh, booze and fags, I, I would imagine too much to be consumed, so you, you are, what are you looking for people who might be selling this, this kind of stuff on the street or in pubs and things? That's correct, there, there's certainly um, too much there for personal use and so therefore there, there must be an outlet um, somewhere, so there must somebody must be taking hold of these cigarettes or buying the cigarettes and alcohol, so yeah. any information um, of that line would uh, be much appreciated. They're, they're a cocky lot, aren't they? If they're targeting the same shop three times, they're, 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 they're very cocky or stupid. Well, they're certainly brazen and brave. Um, that's okay, that's they, the more they, diplomatic way of doing it. Yes, thank you, Jackie. <laughs> they, um, they are wearing um, scarves and, and face masks, etc., to try and hide their identity. So um, if anybody has seen them coming to or from the shop yeah. um, in order to try and... Um, help with identification then then again we'd urge them to contact is there anything we know about them jackie do we know how many there are what they look like black white tall short anything like that that you can you can give our listeners um there's two males generally that are going um into the store we haven't ruled out the possibility of other males being involved um within a parked vehicle nearby um for ease of access away from the locations um one male is um is always described as six to six um six foot to six foot two and the other male is shorter and we do believe that they um are white males okay and if, if people have any information or they're offered some cheap booze or that you know they, they think they know who it is what, what should they do um if they can contact bedfordshire police um on 101 um or contact crime stoppers uh, anonymously they will pass that information on to us jackie i really appreciate your time this morning thank you very much good luck catching those uh, thugs inspector jackie dad from Bedfordshire Police. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, cheeky little so-and-sos, aren't they? Thank you for that, Jackie. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the 
A1 Great North Road is looking very busy in both directions between the St. Nate's Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. In Hitchin on Queen Street, the traffic lights aren't working at Hermitage Road, but the CCTV control room is saying that the traffic's coping well at the moment despite that. In Birchhanger on Birchhanger Lane, there's reports of an accident at Tot Lane. And on the motorways, the M1 southbound is very slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road to Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise is looking heavy between Junction 19 for Watford and 15 for the M4. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Eight sixteen. It is um, Wednesday, the eleventh of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past eleven days. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. BBC Three Counties Radio. The green one's really quiet. <laughs> you did that on time. Uh, no, I did it. I, I was trying to communicate. We have well, how long is that sting there? It's eleven seconds, and we have two microphones here that, that a guest could use. I pointed to the blue one, and then I tried to say to you, the green one's really quiet. The green one is the one you would naturally go for. Yeah, the green one's really quiet. But you had your headphones on, you whipped them off, and then as you whipped them on, I said, no, the green one's really quiet. You thought I said the green? It was hilarious. You, had, you probably had to be there, and you probably had to be a radio geek. Catherine is both of those. Yeah, and I've also been a victim of the switcheroo. Yeah, H- hilarious, wasn't it? Oh, gosh, It yeah. really was. It Thank was one of guys. the funniest things that's ever happened. All right, no need for the tone, mate. Uh, that's oh. a bit... Just sounds a bit rude. Anyway, <laughs> I, um, I've been loving your consumer uh, uh, hour recently. As I always do. It's my favourite. It's, oh, it's one of my highlights of radio throughout the week. Is it? Hour. Yeah, it genuinely is. We had some good stories on yesterday. Well, no, they were, and I I'm struggling to remember. Catherine and I were we listening had, in the uh, had the man who went to see Sly Stallone. Oh, that was it. 1,600 We were listening quid. to that. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that was so funny. Podcast. And the assumption that if you like Sly... <laughs> You're like probably- Vinny! Vinnie Jones. Vinnie and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, the thing is, I have paid money to... um, I've I've paid for an autograph. Well, you went to New York to see the monkeys. I did, and I paid $100. And I know, and I'm ashamed of myself, I paid $100 for one of the monkeys to sign uh, a record. If I'd wanted my name on there, it would have been an extra $40. A hundred dollars, sixty quid. It just completed something where I had three of them, and then I got the fourth one. So that's that. Wouldn't do that again. Sixteen hundred pounds for a VIP ticket. With, with and you'd get to ask Sly Stallone one question. And I loved it. The fellow was saying there was a bloke two seats away from him who was heckling the whole time, and then they're in a VIP room waiting for it to come in. Smelling someone, of toilet. <laughs> someone comes in and says, "Oh yeah, uh, the, the Mr. Stallone's not feeling very well. He's gone home." Huh? Sorry, what? I thought it was. And so then he gets an offer of, yeah, don't worry, we'll give you a few quid and tickets to meet uh, Vinnie Jones. Yes, there, and uh, who was the other one? In who's many ways, he's the British uh, slice. Arnold Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Arnold that's Schwarzenegger. right. Yeah. I've met Vinnie Jones, he's horrible. I wouldn't want to pay money oh, to me. Really? Oh, he's horrible to me, yeah. Thoroughly unpleasant. Nobody, Ooh. no talent, no mark. And there was a, there was a, oh, wow. there was another, out. <laughs> was another story that you had that was just brilliant. They, the, the, it was the one straight after it, I think. Where it was... Um, oh, the limo to, uh, to Essex. 
<laughs> you, you love it, don't you? You love it. <laughs> the fellow was... So, it sounds like such a classy evening. The girl was a fan of, uh, of TOWIE. Uh, so, uh, her and her friends hired which, uh, a limousine to take them to a restaurant, and they said the food wasn't very nice. The limo was late. Food wasn't very nice. Then they went to the club, and it was closed. It was... I don't know what you're finding it funny about this. It sounds like such an awful evening. That's awful. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's not my idea of fun, but, you know, some people like that kind of show, don't how, they? How much compo do you reckon you can get there? <laughs> you could probably get there a lot of compo. No, what? it's not about compo. As you you can get know. them good compo. I'm not getting anyone compo. And who's that? You've had some... It's been so good, honestly, the last few weeks. That um, dotty woman who spilt stuff on her computer... Oh, Mariam. And, and you were recommending uh, she gets, like, a, the, the kind of computers that they use in the army or yeah. a farmer uses. Well, you, for anyone who didn't hear this, Mar- Mariam <laughs> said she's very accident-prone. And when she spilt... She spilt stuff over her laptop twice already. And then when she recently spilt an entire bottle of cleaning fluid... <laughs> she sucked she, it out. She held the keyboard up and sucked it out with her mouth. She <laughs> said it, at home, kids or anyone else. She, she said it made her mouth and throat go all dry. <laughs> but, but it was clean as a whistle. But what was brilliant... I, I don't, I missed the resolutions. I don't know what, but, but you, 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 you kind of, you know, you'd come to the conclusion of your relationship, and you yeah. did that polite thing that, that you do and British people do. We said, "Well, uh, don't worry. If you have any more problems, then please come back to me." <laughs> and she said, "Oh well, I've got another Actually, one." <laughs> and then she laid out this weird story about how she'd smashed, she smashed her, phone. her mobile phone. Yeah, and you, there was a long pause, and you went, "Do you know what? I'm not going to help you with this one." <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh. Oh. It did make me laugh. It's been excellent the last week or so. It's been absolutely excellent. Well, I'm pleased you're. That's at eleven it. o'clock. That's at eleven. Turns out there's two hours of show there's before. Two that. hours that we just fill until we get to your favourite part <laughs> of the show. What is happening at nine today? Well, we're talking about. I know it's the subject. Yeah. Matter. You're re- semi-reluctant to talk about. Um, well, we've, we we have discussed it. I don't like him. I think he's a genius. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's trendy. It's the number one trending yeah. topic in the You're, whole world. I don't know if you heard Mark. I'll call her on. You're not allowed to be rude about Clarkson. You work for the BBC, and there is a conspiracy theory that we're not allowed to be rude about Clarkson. Right. That's what Mark said. Was it was, was it Mark who said that? Yeah, and you've hurt his feelings. I've had a text. And why? What has Mark said? Oh, we'll, we'll get. To, we, we've been told. It's all very raw. He's suspicious that I'm um, um, bigging up Jeremy Clarkson. He says, "Well, it's because you're the BBC and you have to." Of course. That, that me- you remember that memo we get every day that says, "Don't forget, oh, you're yes. not allowed to be rude." Don't ever say anything bad about so Jeremy what, what Clarkson. So, what are you asking about Jeremy? We're Clarkson. asking from nine this morning. Do you think the BBC should bring back Clarkson? That's what's trending. Hashtag Bring Back Clarkson. <laughs> the BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear TV series yeah. after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer. The 54-year-old petrol head has been... (laughs) So sorry. You do... That's a Tim word, yeah? Yes. The 54-year-old petrol head has been suspended after what the BBC has called a fracas. Um, An online petition calling for the BBC to reinstate Clarkson has now been signed by more than 150,000 people. When I turned you on this morning, you were reporting it was 120. It's gone up. up, It's it's going up every every minute. Well, from nine this morning, I'd like your reaction to this. Do you think the BBC should bring back Clarkson? I feel desperately, desperately sorry for the BBC management. It's not often I say that. 
but I oh, genuinely I fear you. you Sorry, did that come out? No. <laughs> no, didn't mean that. That's, that was a thought, not a sentence. No, I do feel really... Can you imagine the poor person who has got to make the decision what on earth they do with Jeremy Clarkson at the moment? Uh, oh, yeah. Here is a man who's part of a TV show that makes the BBC millions and millions oh, and biggest, millions of It's their of biggest pounds. worldwide seller. It's... We... Are, all of our jobs could potentially be in jeopardy without Top Gear because of the huge revenue stream it brings in... Because Top Gear is sold around the world. I mean, the the money it makes in America alone, it is vast. The BBC makes a fortune from Top Gear. Without Jeremy Clarkson... There is no Top Gear. There's no show. So if if they don't if they get rid of Jeremy Clarkson, that's the end of Top Gear. Yeah. They have to say goodbye to Top Gear. So all that revenue stream goes out of the window. But at the same time, they've got a man whose ego has become so utterly inflated that it would appear that at the very least there's been a fracas between him and a producer. At at the most, if you believe the rumours, he's punched his producer in the face. It's, it's Nick Coffer all over again. The the BBC <laughs> have the BBC have already said that he's on his final warning. I mean, what on they can't earth do you do? They won't get rid of him. They won't get they rid of him. Can't they can't get rid of him. Rid of him. He's, he's worth a fortune. He owns Top Gear as well, so he'll just go to ITV or Sky. He, it, it literally, it is whoever has to make the decision, I bet, has not slept a wink. I, I have to go next because we've got a guest coming up. But can I ask, what is your personal opinion, oh, if you're prepared to give it, of the 54-year-old petrol head? Uh, I'll, I'll reveal all later. I want to keep uh, a level of impartiality. For this morning. That's unusual for you. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such a minority. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll talk about seatbelts and the police campaign in a bit, but earlier on we spoke to Mark, who was was very angry that um, we were bigging up Jeremy Clarkson, because it was obviously, it's a BBC line, we can't slag him off. Well, he's texted in again, hasn't he, Catherine? He's very upset. Um, he's very upset. He says, uh, he says here, he, hang on, he's so upset I've lost his text. Uh, he says, okay, feelings hurt. I'm not a plum. You may refer to me as manager Mark. Actually, Mark, what I've done is I can put a little nickname on the side. I've put Jeremy Markson. <laughs> <laughs> Despite your lack of debate skills, Ian, I like your show. Can we have a little more from Kells and Kath? You guys are Shamay's balls as a trio. P.S. Clarkson sucks. Boom. <laughs> I like Mark. Mark, you can call in again. Thank you. Now, uh, more. it's a very uh, motor-based show this morning. The police are conducting random checks as part of a pan-European crackdown on seatbelt wearers or lack of wearing. It's uh, lasting a week in Buckinghamshire and a whole month in Bedfordshire. Well, Pete Williams is an RAC spokesman. Morning, Pete. Good morning. I was surprised that anybody still doesn't wear a seatbelt. Absolutely. It does seem shocking that 30 years after it was made compulsory to wear uh, seatbelts in the front of a vehicle, uh, that people are still being killed because they're not restrained by um, a safe seatbelt. 
We spoke to one gentleman, Pete, and I gave him short shrift, but you're an expert. He said that two of his friends had been involved in car accidents, they hadn't been wearing seatbelts, and the police officers said that had they been wearing seatbelts, they would almost certainly have died. This caller suggested it was 50-50 as to whether seatbelts actually have a positive impact. Please put him straight. Yeah, I think the evidence is very clear that... Um, over 2,000 um, people actually had their lives saved by um, a seatbelt last year alone. Gosh. Um, and there really is clear evidence that um, being correctly restrained by a, a seatbelt is likely to uh, avoid severe injury or even death in the, in the event of an accident. It sounds like you think this campaign, then, is, is a good idea. Clearly, yes. Um, the Safer Roads research uh, showed that around 45 people uh, who died out of the 232 road casualties uh, in the last year's stats um, actually weren't wearing a seatbelt. So a fifth of um, those, casual, uh, those fatalities um, didn't have a seatbelt. So clearly the message hasn't got through um, years and years after it became you, compulsory in law. You say 30 years, but I don't know how old you are. I, rem- I remember it when it came in. I remember all of the campaigns and, and, and clunk click and all of that stuff. And I remember my dad being furious that he was being dictated to that he had to wear a seatbelt. It seems such an alien concept now. Not you know, it, it, It's automatic. To, you, you get in and then the seatbelt goes on. Well, it did. And I think it's a result of some very good high-profile campaigning. Um, I think clearly there's a, a libertarian argument when there's some uh, new law come in. But when it, when it really is common sense, uh, it soon gets widely adopted and becomes second nature for the majority of motorists. Um, I think today we're, we're actually seeing the result of where there's a complete lack of investment in high-profile high campaigns. So every day you see people using their mobile phone, uh, holding it in their hand, texting at the wheel, all these problems. And it's not been made a social sort of uh, stigma like drink driving or, or just common practice like wearing a seatbelt. So that's probably the, um, you know, the latest sort of uh, safety fear for the majority of motorists as they see other drivers actually um, texting at the wheel and talking on the phone. Pete, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Pete Williams from the RAC. 08459 555555. Coming after the news, we can talk about seatbelts. Uh, we can talk about uh, Clarkson. I don't like him, but I've got to admit, he's a genius. And I, I know that lots of you want to talk about the call or the guest that we had on just before 8 o'clock, Mavis, who was a, uh, a resident at Yarlswood Detention Centre for three months um, back in 2012. And, well... Her story was incredible. Has Mavis's story changed your opinion of um, uh, uh, people who come to this country? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hamel Hampstead on the A41 southbound, a vehicle's broken down and it's blocked a lane between the Two Waters Road and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley, and that's causing queues. In Hitchin on Queen Street, the traffic lights aren't working at Hermitage Road, but the CCTV controls room says that it's not causing any delays at the moment. In Amersham on Gore Hill, that's looking very slow on the speed sensors between the A413 southbound towards the A40 London Road, and in High Wycombe on the A40, that's looking slow in both directions. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 26 Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, thank you, Samantha. Um, I've just seen the most amazing tweet, and I'm sure you've got a few texts in regard to Mavis's story. 
Gosh, Carol, I will read it out after the news with Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, the headlines. Business leaders say an increase in robberies is forcing small shops to close with owners too frightened to carry on. Two people have been arrested in connection with eight knife-point robberies at shops in Luton and South Bedfordshire over the past 11 days. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. Clarkson has been suspended, but more than 150,000 people have now signed an online petition calling on on the corporation to reinstate him. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts as part of a Europe-wide campaign. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Sri Lankan batsman Kumar Sangakkara has made cricket history at the World Cup, becoming the first player to make four successive one-day international centuries. After tons against Bangladesh, England and Australia, Sangakkara's latest century has come against Scotland. He was eventually out for 124. Sri Lanka totaled 363 for nine from their 50 overs. It's day two of racing's Cheltenham Festival. The last two winners of the Queen Mother Champion Chase are due to line up again in today's feature race. But after four winners yesterday, the Irish trainer Willie Mullins also has one of the favourites. Here's Cornelius Lysett. Sayada Gruji put in a memorable winning performance 12 months ago when Sprinter Sacra, the breathtaking victor of two years ago, was absent following a heart condition. Sprinter Sacra, trained by Nicky Henderson and ridden by Barry Geraghty, was second on his comeback this season, while on his return Sayada Gruji parted company with jockey Jamie Moore, but then won impressively. Added spice to an already hotly anticipated race comes with a pair of runners from the Paul Nichols stable, informed dodging bullets and Mr Mole, the mount of AP McCoy. Well, after yesterday, when the Willie Mullins team's haul included the champion hurdle, champagne fever is likely to be a popular choice. Chelsea host Paris Saint-Germain tonight in the second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie. It was one all in Paris. Holders Real Madrid are through just 5-4 on aggregate despite losing 4-3 at home to the German side Schalke last night. The Wolves player, Bakary Sacco, has had his red card against Watford on Saturday rescinded. Sacco was involved in an incident with Fernando Forestieri, which resulted in the Hornets player falling to the floor, clutching his face. And in Conference South last night, Bishop Stortford beat Staines 2-1 in the Southern League Premier. Biggleswade lost 2-1 at home to Poole. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, seatbelts... Knife crime, we're celebrating the magic of the genius business and entertainment-wise that is Jeremy Clarkson um, and um, uh, other bits and pieces. Uh, about 10 to 8, we spoke to uh, Mavis, who is a woman from Zimbabwe, a refugee from Zimbabwe. Um, the government wanted to kill her. She fled the country. She came here and she spent three months at Yarlswood and was, uh, was obviously very upset. Uh, one of her kids is in South Africa. She doesn't know if her husband is dead or alive. Carol has tweeted, Why didn't Mavis go to South Africa with the family? Good actress. Got over the sobs in second. Seconds. Talks of slavery. Claim for uh, PTS in the mail and compo. I believe we've got some texts as well that follow... Logical uh, John. He's calling himself that. 
Maybe she'll be given a ticket to South Africa so she can be with her children as any mother would want to. This country owes her nothing. If she was, and I quote, fleeing for her life, there were many other countries in Africa that she could have gone to that are much nearer than the UK. I wonder what made her leave her kids to come thousands of miles to this country. Uh, she didn't want to be killed and she didn't want her kids to be killed, so they went in separate directions. I don't know. I don't know. Here's another one. Barry Milton Keynes. How many countries did this lady cross when she could have claimed asylum to get to bountiful England, says Barry Milton Keynes. Why are we begrudging? Let's let's assume her story's true for a moment, OK? I, I happen to believe it. I know some of you don't. Let's assume her story is true. She was fleeing for her life. Why would we begrudge a mother... Freedom. Why would we? Why would we turn away a, a, a woman who was going to be killed? Why would we do that? Why is everyone saying that that's a bad thing to do? Any more? No. I'm just wondering if anyone from Zimbabwe is listening, and could tell us why they think that maybe she would have left her children behind. Is it more dangerous for I lone women? Don't there? know if we have many listeners in Zimbabwe. If I'm no, completely but honest, there are people who have lived there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I just if, let's assume her story is true. I remember talking to fleeing a, for her life. a white farmer's wife in Zimbabwe about yeah. probably about seven or eight years ago, and the phone was being tapped. We could hear it, and while I was talking to her, people came up the drive. She was terrified. That's a white farmer's wife. Jimmy Milton Keynes, I'm sorry, but a lot of what Mavis said makes little sense. I lived in Zimbabwe, and if she was running away from violence, why did she not run to her parents in South Africa? The reason? Money is better in the UK. Well, it sounds like she's raking it in. She's not allowed to work. She said that. She said she's not allowed to work. She must be raking it in. Well, um... We have it so easy in this country. We have it so easy. Imagine... Imagine being afraid for your life. And what parent would ditch their kids potentially forever because they might get a few quid more on benefits? What parent would do that? I, I think you're all being a little bit cold Could it this be morning. that she left the children behind because she didn't know what was going to happen to her? and She was taking a huge risk and she thought, what I'll do is I'll... If I get there, OK, then I'll send for the children. We Could it be that? We have it so easy here. Oh, no, they delivered the wrong newspaper. They didn't deliver the mirror this morning. My broadband's down. Man, uh, my Sky went funny the other night. Well, you know when the weather was a bit bad? I couldn't watch Sky for a few hours. Oh, man, EastEnders didn't series link. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, Mavis one. is going to have her fate decided by the government in the next month or so, so I've said we'd keep in touch. Uh, thank you, Mavis. In incredible. Paul's in Stevenage. Morning, Paul. Morning. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, boss. What have you got for us? Good. It was seatbelts. I was ringing up after, um, I think it was Gary rang up and failed to make his point about not wearing seatbelts. Um, my brother, yes. after, after the seatbelt law came in, it was five years before he would wear a seatbelt because oh, his life was saved by not wearing one. Oh, go on, Paul. What happened? And what happened? He was driving along in the snow on the uh, on the A10. Yeah. Um, hit a patch of ice. Went with a skid. Recovered it. Hit another one. Rolled and flipped the car five times. And he was thrown into the back of the car because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. And the, the the roof of the car was on the dashboard. So if if he'd been in the front still, he would have been killed. The exception rather than the rule, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but it's, I think it's just luck, isn't it? It's fate, probably. Hey, that terrifying <laughs> thing... I've not been in a situation like that, but that terrifying thing when you you lose control of your car... I've had it on a much minor, uh, more minor level, uh, and you're just skidding around and you think, there's nothing I can do here. It's, yeah. it's going away with itself. 
That's right, yeah. Paul, I, th- I appreciate your story. I'm glad that your brother is alive and well. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to uh, give us a call. David um, sent me a, t- a tweet. If I'm honest, something didn't ring true to me with Mavis, who would leave their kids if they were that fearful of their lives? Well, uh... A lot of people raising the same point. OK, well, it's, it's a point. Who, 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 who knows how... Who knows what that's like? I can't even begin to imagine. I can't even begin to imagine what pain and turmoil uh, I would be in where I would have to send my kids to one country where I went to another. She's a mother, right? Yeah, let's assume she's, she's over here for money, OK? Yeah. For, the, for the, the, the millions of pounds of benefits she'll be getting. Let's assume that. She still she sacrificed her kids, her relationship with her kids. You don't do that lightly. You don't do that so you get housing benefit. Or maybe you think maybe you think she does. I don't know. I don't know. John's on the line. Morning, John. Good morning, sir. What you got for us, boss? Seatbelts. Yep. Uh, I'm a little bit reluctant sometimes. I don't really know why in my car to yep. put the seatbelt on, but my wife always puts me uh, very straight on that point. Um. I used to work with a gentleman when I worked for a motor salvage company. Yeah. Uh, an ex-fireman, and he saw both sides of it. He said he saw just as many lives saved without seatbelts as he did with. But how does not wearing a seatbelt save a life? That's why I'm, I'm struggling to comprehend a little bit. It's because, you know, you can be moved across the car... Um, at a point of impact where something may perhaps fall on the car and then squash the driver's side. I mean, I've seen some horrendous cars where I used to pick up the salvage cars um, and, you, and you think, how do people get out of them? And you ask the garages and they say, he walks out with a scratch on his arm and stuff like that and, and there's nothing left of the car. Yeah. So there's, there's fours and against, I think, with a seatbelt. I think, I, I think I'd rather go for the four, because you're more likely it's going to be someone hits you from behind or you hit somebody in front uh, at speed and you're going to be thrown forward. And, it's, and I know you've got the airbags, but it's to um, stop you smashing your head on the windscreen or the steering wheel, isn't it? Yeah, and chest damage and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I can understand it a lot more in the rear. Um, obviously, as a driver, I've got hold of the steering wheel. I'm, 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 I'm braced with the pedals in an emergency. I'm sort of semi, semi-protected, semi I suppose, uh, if that's not the right way to put it. But obviously, people in the back, are, if they've not got anything, they are just going to come straight through the, through the, uh, the driver, through yeah. the passenger, and straight through the middle of the seat. John, um, uh, yeah. I'm going to move on. Thank you very much indeed. Just I've got more calls to squeeze in. Thank you very much. William's on the line. Good morning, William. Oh, good morning. Just quickly about um, shoplifting and things that go on in the shops. Yes. I've been into lots of shops, local shops, big shops, small shops. They've all got Medium-sized shops? Pardon? Me- medium-sized shops? Yeah, shopping mouths and that. Yeah. But when you ask the shopkeepers that go through all the business of CCTV, they're not allowed. They say they're not allowed to put pictures up. And it might be oh. not a face showing. It might be clothes. The public willing to catch these people and report these people, even children, if they say, oh, that was little Johnny Peeps, he said. That was who? Little Johnny Peeps? Little Johnny Peeps. He might ring up in a minute. Yeah, don't don't libel little Johnny Peeps. He'll phone, oh, don't 
nothing. So everything from shoplifting, we know it goes on, from mugging, um, phones being pinched in the street. Yeah. There's no mugs board. You get it on Crime Watch, you get it oh, in the local paper. Yeah. Now, I've talked to local people, to shopkeepers, they say they're not allowed to. I've talked to local police and I even phoned the police station and said no law about against it. Does anybody does anybody look at those? Because I know they well, used to yeah. have them up in cowboy towns in the olden days. They're wanted, dead or alive. No, they do, they do. If you if if you had a main shopping mall or even um, a, a library that just says exactly we've got a lot say, of yeah. Yeah. We, we, Catherine and I just had the same thought exactly the same time. Go on, Catherine. Wall of shame. A wall of shame, William. Yeah. Although some kids might consider it a badge of honour to be on the wall of shame. But if you know that that shop is losing, that shop is going to close, we're talking about little shops yep. going to close, big shops. Medium-sized shops? They've got the evidence, yep. and, and it, it doesn't have to be thousands of court cases. Just if a child or an adult or, or an immigrant or whoever it is, a, a homeless person, if they're doing wrong, they will not go in that shop again because their picture's there. But what about pensioner? Pensioner's pinched. Thank you. Hello, William. Yes. What about a pensioner? What if well, yeah, it's the same thing because you're protecting the pensioner the Here same. I've, I've no, what I mean is the pensioner's sticking the turkey in his jacket because he's starving. Yeah. Do we put him on the wall of shame? No, probably not. You let you, pensioner if, get away with it. You, no, you would probably catch you're, you're him and you William. would take him aside and you would talk to him. Because oh, they're slower, easier to catch. Can I get? I've got a flaw, one flaw in your plan. I look. It's been pointed out to me, William. I look like um, Liam Dutton, the Black Weatherman, and also Marlon Dingle from Emmerdale. Now, supposing the the actor. You're right. Don't yeah. get angry. Supposing the actor that plays Marlon Dingle falls on hard times and he goes on a shoplifting spree. He goes nicking video games, food, smokes, booze, all that stuff. The shopkeeper uh, at, at Spa puts up a picture of, of Marlon Dingle. I walk in there. I've never been in the shop before. I get pounced on, William. No, but it's, no, I get, it's got I get to, battered. It's got to be proof, because Marlon will be up in Emmerdale, and we're talking about shop... The picture's put up in Devon. This is the guy that comes in. You know that's wrong. Devon? Well, if he's in Devon, or he's in London, or he's in Liverpool... He gets around, Marlon. Well, yeah, but he's still, they've still got to prove that he was there. They've got his mobile well, but, phone... No, no, but, so the picture, is, the picture is up in the shop of Marlon Dingle. I walk in, and I get battered on my entrance. Wow, that... Yeah, I think we're talking about local people which, that people know. Whether it's somebody... Well, they know Marlon Dingle. He's famous. Yeah, I know. But then they would get that all the time. Imagine that. You're, yeah. You're just, just your entrance, you get battered. It's, it's, you're right. Yeah, I'm there, yeah. OK. William, it's an idea. We'll put it out and see what the others think. But ask the, yeah. if you could ask the police, no. there's no reason why no. you can't put... Even the betting shops. I've seen two betting shops that have got pictures up, and yeah. I've Ask them because they're people smashing the machines uh, and they know the guys are, they're local here's a, people. Here's a question, William. Yeah. Two questions. First of all, have you ever stolen anything? And be honest. Mm, yeah. Not not from shops. From where? But maybe seeing something on the street and picking it up. It could have been anything. It could have been a cap. It could have been. A no, I would. A, a hat oh. or anything like that. No. No, not okay, really. That's question but one. even if I had, it was my fault. Yeah. In the middle of a shopping centre where yeah, yeah. there's cameras, I should be caught. Yeah, yeah. I want people question, to get caught. Question number two Who do you look like? Uh, 
Victor Meldrew. See, Victor Meldrew... I could have loads, yeah, and that's fair enough. Yeah. And if they went after Victor Meldrew... Because he's not been on telly... No, but he's not been on telly for a long time. He nicks something from Lidl. You go in, there's a picture of Victor Meldrew up. They see you, you get battered on your entrance. Yes, but then Victor Meldrew would say, look, I've been in Spain for two months. I'm talking about local people. But he did and local, it. Even the shopkeeper... Victor Meldrew did it. Even the shopkeeper knows... He said that kid comes in five times a week. John, was his woman, name Johnny Peebo? Yeah. Thank you very much, William. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A41 southbound in Hemel Hempstead, there's been a bus has broken down between the two walkers to the road at the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley, which is causing delays through that stretch southbound. In Hitchin on Queen Street, the traffic lights aren't working at Hermitage Road. And on the A1 Great North Road, it's really slow in both directions through the roadworks between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabouts. On the motorways, the M1 southbound is heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne, and the M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Very, very odd show today. I mean, 8.47. It's uh, Wednesday, the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Business leaders say an increase in robberies is forcing small shops to close with owners too frightened to carry on. The BBC is expected to scrap the remainder of the current Top Gear series after allegations that presenter Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer in a row about food. And traffic police... The, uh, these are real headlines, guys. And traffic police in the three counties are targeting motorists and their passengers who aren't wearing seatbelts. Uh, William's Wall of Shame, yay or nay? 08459 555555. Before that, here's the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A bright but chilly start for some this morning with temperatures just slipped down below zero in some places, so one or two sparkles of frost out there. We have had some nice sunshine, though, this morning. Unfortunately, it's not going to last. Now, the cloud is gradually edging its way towards us. It'll probably really start to make itself known from lunchtime onwards and then thickening through the afternoon. Outbreaks of rain likely to arrive the latter part of the afternoon and into the evening. Now, despite it being quite a brief easy day we're still looking at a maximum temperature of 11 celsius now the rain that we've got uh, arriving later on is going to continue for a time this evening but it will clear away eastwards behind it it stays rather cloudy the wind is light minimum temperature getting down to six celsius so for tomorrow morning it's quite a cloudy start bit of mist and fog possible as well through the night so into tomorrow morning that will lift though we're likely to see the cloud hang around until the afternoon but then uh, we should start to see at least the further east you are some brighter spells tomorrow afternoon as the air from the continent pushes in and starts to break the cloud up a little. The maximum temperature for Thursday, 12 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Thank you. Every Sunday morning from nine. I play soul music. I've always had a deep love of soul music. Soul music is such happy music anyway. When I say soul music, I'm talking about Motown and Philadelphia. Tony Blackburn. The artists that I'd play really would be people like Luther Vandross, Alexandra Neal, Sister Sledge, you know, a lot of the Motown, Diana Ross and the Supremes. With two hours of great soul music for Sunday morning. There's some good new soul records that come out. I do include them, but they're mainly classics. Most people like hearing music from the 70s and 80s, and uh, particularly the jazz funk here. Tony Blackburn. Music is, has been and always has been a very strong part of my life. Every Sunday morning from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Eartha Kitt. Hey, oh. <laughs> 
so. Mary just rang us and then hung up. Hung up. I don't think she realised she wasn't on the radio. Mary, what? Mary? Brilliant. Mary, come back. <laughs> we want to talk to you. She thinks William's wall of shame is a stroke of genius. Mary, come back. Do, 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 do. Mary, come back. Do, 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 do. Mary, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Let's play our thing. Oh, yeah, yes. did you hear this earlier, Justin? I did, and you know what? Well I have to say, fair play, that was a piece of art. This is brilliant. Elliot sent this in, uh, and it's... Um, well, I'll just play it. Elliot Ooh. remixed and mashed up the show, and it sounded something like this. It sounded exactly like this. Oh, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Got That's the, the old remix, oh, hang on a minute. you plum. Oh, hang on a minute. Well, where did I put it, then? Do you want me to put it back in? Yes, please, mate. Is oh. this it? No. No. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why Tony this? Blackburn is at the top of his game. Here it is. It's people. Let's talk. Let's Stop talk. it. I know, that's <laughs> Catherine being a plum. Here we go. It's in October. Except... I'm going to sneak. <laughs> I'm going to sneak. <laughs> My sneeze sounds like a whip. Now hear this. What? No. This? No. <laughs> Oh, no, hang on, it was this. Catherine. <laughs> Kelly Bet. Ian Lee. And Justin Daly. Catherine. Kelly Bet. Ian Lee. And Justin Daly. Dave. I like the moosey peas. Sorry? I like the moosey peas. I beg your pudding. I'm going to murder Ian Lee. Sorry? I'm going to murder Ian Lee. Dennis, what's that between your legs? Buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Dennis, what's that between your legs? Buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Buzz, buzz my stick. Catherine. Kelly. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. Sing it to the audience loud and clear. Sing it to the audience so they can hear. Yo. Down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Sing it to the audience loud and clear. Sing it to the audience so they can hear. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Yo, we're wild. Would you reckon, Mary? Good morning, darling. I think the wall of shame is a brilliant idea. No, no, what did you think about the remix of Wow there? The remix of what? The remix of Wow. Oh, I don't know. Yo, the wall, we're the wow. Game I was Yo, in. we're wow. I'm running down speed wig, chasing on the ice cream. Did you like that? Mm, not really, no. No, not your cup of tea. What music do you like no. to listen to, Mary? Yes, listen, darling. What I was saying is, yeah. I'm a patron. Run DMC? Yeah. Um, not too bad, you know. NWA? Uh, okay. Yeah, you like them? Okay. Well, what have we called in for, Mary? But what, what I was saying, my point I was making, darling, is the wall of shame is a brilliant idea. But let's have it in the capital city. And the first people you put up on that wall of in shame the what? must be the politicians oh. and, and bankers who steal from the public. They're the biggest thieves of all, and they get away with it. Put it in the capital what? Well, you know, I listen to... Uh, Jay is at uh, nine o'clock to the other guy. Uh, James, nine o'clock. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's quite nice. Yeah. The 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 posh fella that does the consumer problems. 
Well, it all depends on posh. I mean, you well, could be a millionaire and speak like an idiot. Well, I mean... Most of, yeah, uh, and uh, you could be a royal and be brain dead, but it doesn't make you posh. Well, what anyway, do you, do thank you, you, darling. Do you think... Hello? She's gone. Uh, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's spot on about JVS, though, isn't she, just? Yeah. Isn't she? Cracking stuff. He could, he could be a millionaire and he could be brain dead. Yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah true. Mm. Uh, Justin, <laughs> oh. did, this has been the weirdest show I've done in a long, long time. Uh, the, uh, right, now, the, the, have you done the chivalry thing? Is that what you I did have, in the end? I okay, have Sorry, indeed, let yes. me just compose myself. A story in the, the... This pops up every three or four months. Bad news, chaps. Chivalry's another kind of sexism. If you're the sort of gentleman... Who holds the? I'm so sorry. I make myself laugh. If you're the sort of gentleman who holds the door open for a woman, uh, then be warned: such acts of chivalry may actually be benevolent sexism. Mm. Uh, these are these are. Uh, you're sexist if you hold a door open for a woman, call a woman love, refuse to split a bill, <sighs> offer women their jacket if they look cold. Yeah. Oh, I love I love offering the jacket to a woman if she looks cold. It's, it's a nice thing to do. You you are being a gentleman, aren't you? I would have thought. That, that that's what most people w- would see that as you, you being a gentleman. You, you took it to the street, and you are yeah. you are an old-fashioned gentleman in yep. so many ways. Thank you, boss. Yes. So I've taken this one to the street. Compliment. Nineteen seventies <laughs> means <laughs> easy. Um, a couple of different views here. Yes. I'm trying to get my head around some of these views. I've been asking ladies this morning: w- Would they be offended? Do they think it's sexist if a man opens up a door for them? Um, you might be surprised by some of these comments. Here's what people Hang, had to say: Are you telling me this is a lady's perspective? It's a lady's perspective. Yes. <laughs> Here we, Here we go, come on. All the ladies in the house. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies' perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts and bucks. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, ladies. It depends how you open the door, really. Because sometimes they can be um, nice, just in general, open the door. Yeah. Or some can be, like, cheeky, but um, it depends. What do you mean by cheeky? Like, they're probably just doing it just to make themselves look good. See, I'm fascinated by this. You see, if I open a door for a lady, it's because I'm being a gentleman. But but you don't like that. No, but some girls, you know, they're, they're OK. Like, they're all right if a guy opens a door for, for them. It depends on the girl, actually, and how she thinks. But but you personally, I, I don't think you like it, do you? Um, I don't know. It's, it depends. If they're being nice, then open the door, and why not? Just say thank you, that's it. Yeah. You don't have to go any further than that. Just walk away. Do you think by, by men opening up doors for, for yourself, is that sexist? Not at all. I think it's charming. Absolutely charming. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Does it still happen quite a lot of men quite chivalrous out there? I think it's an individual thing, really. Um, I like it and another might not. Why do you think anybody might not like it, though? Because I'm a man. I'm trying to get my head around this. Um, I, I always open a door for a lady. I can't understand why anybody would think that would be sexist. I think um, they want to get ahead. Some women just uh, want to get ahead, and um, there's this, you know, issue with equal pay, and maybe that's the reason um, they feel that we're not going to get that if a man opens a door. I don't know. It's strange, but for you, <laughs> you like it, and I'm not going to change my ways. Thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome. You might not get equal pay if a man opens a door. These are genuine views this morning. <laughs> some people, I cannot believe this, but some ladies out there would be offended wow. if somebody was a gentleman. Welcome to 2015, guys. Kath, you were saying that your... Uh, was it your dad? 
offered a young woman a seat. Yeah, on a train and got a mouthful. Mm. But that's once. I mean, my dad commutes every day, so for that to happen once, I mean, you just... But why is it happening once at all? It's ridiculous. Well, because you get idiots on trains, same yeah. as you get idiots walking down the street. Very quickly, just to end, we've been talking about Clarkson. Not a fan of Clarkson, but I do think he's a genius. And I, 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 whether you like him or not, you, you, A, he's a business genius. He's got more money than we will ever sniff. Uh, he owns the rights to Top Gear, and he's a brilliant entertainer. I don't yeah. like what he does. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick on Facebook... Whether one is a fan of his or not, all these thousands of people, 150,000 people have signed a petition. All these thousands of people who've signed an online petition for Jeremy Clarkson's reinstatement without knowing the full circumstances behind his suspension... He's texted us that one as well. Oh, really? Yeah, go on. ...are clearly as brainwashed as these three girls who've (laughs) allegedly been brainwashed and eloped to join ISIS. Oh, I mean, he was going so well, and then... He's compared Clarkson fans... To girls that have gone to Syria? Blimey. Justin, excellent stuff. Thank you, mate. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've just had reports from Nick who could say the A602 towards Stevenage from Hitchin is at a standstill and that he's been there for an hour. So looking at the speed sensors, it looks like it's from where the A1M meets the A602 and towards that bit is where it's busiest. In Hell Hempstead on the A41 southbound's reports that a lane's been blocked because a bus has broken down between the Two Waters Road towards the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. So that's causing delays. And on the A1 Great North Road, it's looking really busy through the roadworks between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. On the motorways, the M1 southbound's really slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable towards Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise has queues between Junction 18 for Chorleywood towards Junction 16 for the M40. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Justin. Catherine, superb work today. We'll be back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Now listen to the very posh JVS. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, do you think the BBC should bring back Clarkson? The BBC is expected to scrap the remaining...